Chris, I, I want to start off. Oh no, go ahead, please. <laughs> I start. I feel like I start like ninety percent of them anyway. So please, I, I got something I need your opinion on. Okay, a, a hot topic for a uh, YouTube user such as yourself. You trust? You trust me, you, me, your brother? Wow, I'm honored. All right, so YouTube playlists—they're great, right? Yes. All right. So I run into this thing often where content creators set up their playlists, which I love it when they do that and I don't have to manually do one. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is very annoying when it goes from newest to oldest. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. Okay. So we're in agreement on that. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of agree because it's, it's, to tell you the truth, I kind of more want to push the blame on YouTube itself for not, for YouTube not having a simple like swap function or reorder function that doesn't take half an hour or re-uploading or whatever, whatever. It's, I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not horrible, but with YouTube having the nature of newness of, of, of being the most fresh and wanting to put them the most up-to-date content out there, mm-hmm. it logically makes sense for, for content creators to want to do that. And I mean, I suppose you could kind of tender toward them to go, Hey, I mean, if this is like a long running series, it'd be nice if you would make a playlist and start from the first, but I think across the spectrum of YouTube channels that I subscribe to, I don't know many that do that. Most of mm-hmm. them are like, yeah, like uh, take the D-pad, for example. They have, they're running a Mega Man gigantic Mega Play. They're running a Legend of Zelda Mega Play, a Kirby Mega Play. And I know there's more I'm missing. But mm-hmm. typically when you see the new videos, and, and they all have their own playlist, they're really good about keeping all of those things up to date. But if you just click a video and you click on a playlist, it's going to be the the latest thing that was released. Sure. It is annoying. It's a bit of a hassle. I mean, it takes, it, it takes, it takes some clicking convenience away from you. You know, you're going to, you're going to have to kind of baby it if you want to go up the ladder. But yeah. I was watching I, the, uh, I was getting caught up on the spell slingers, uh, series on geek and sundry. I was telling you about before. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, first I didn't know where I left off, but then I started playing the videos in the playlist and I'm like, Oh, they're not in the right order. So I guess I'll change yeah. out of theater mode so I can see the thing without scrolling down. Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I honestly think this would be a simple thing. I don't, even, I don't know why YouTube doesn't have this already, but just, and it doesn't have to be like a full spectrum thirty option function. I mean, just a simple flip the playlist option would be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, you you go to a playlist, you click one button and it flips everything. Now if the content inside is is jumbled for some reason, well then that goes to the content creators. Yeah. But just flipping a list, come on YouTube. Come on man. Give it the times. Two thousand eighteen <laughs> <laughs> I want to start off today's episode with a with a well actually, oh, really? and this is a this is a very bad smack on my hand. Uh, I, I I took a, a generous amount of time last week on my week. I mentioned a lot of games, and it's kind of going to be repeated this week, unfortunately. But I completely completely left out a game that I was 
just waist deep into Chris. I can't believe I didn't mention it. I didn't even mention it. I think I mentioned starting it the week before. Uh, in fact, I know I did because I bought a copy and gave it to Adam. I had uh, one I wanted I to ask you about too. So when you're mm-hmm. done, I'll remind me of that. I did not even talk about playing the messenger last last week's episode. So mm-hmm. this is a uh, definitely a ninja. Uh, no no pun intended. This <laughs> is a ninja. Well, actually, because nobody. I mean. Hardcore listeners would have been like, yeah, man, did you just not play that fucking game or what? No, I did. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about that for just a bit. This is not in the weeks or anything yet. I just want to get this out of the way because, man, I felt like I think after we got off uh, Discord and I think about two edit options in, I was, oh, fuck. And the reason why is typically if I have like a process in my editing running, I usually go do something. I'll play a game or whatever. Oh, time to get back to playing my game. But Oh, I didn't even talk about the (laughs) messenger. So as I went to go start it back up, I realized that uh, I left that game out. So uh, the messenger, I have made it pretty far into this game. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it. Uh, Chris, have you played this at all yet? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it spoiler free just in case. Uh, again, I highly recommend for you and anybody else that hasn't heard about this game. If if the idea of a Ninja Scroll esque platforming slashing boss killing game appeals to you, if it only slightly appeals to you, know that that game transforms into basically a Metroidvania about halfway through. Those two should appeal to you in some degree. If they do, check this game out, but don't go read anything because you're going to have some pretty big... I don't know. I haven't beat the game yet. Let's get that out of the way. So I don't know the ending to this game, but I do know that there is a big uh, game element a big game. Let's just say gimmick. I don't mean to be mean about it when I say gimmick, Mm -hmm. but there is a core game mechanic that gets changed about halfway through the game. And that, and every outlet that I've seen talk about this game has talked about it. So if you don't know what that is, let it be a surprise for you. I did mention last week that I was very interested to see how this game rolls into a Metroidvania, how it goes from a Ninja, Ninja Gaiden type game into a Metroidvania. Uh, I'm gonna say it's pretty much night and day. It's it's literally a we're gonna play this style, and then a story thing happens, and then it turns into a pseudo Metroidvania style. Go around different worlds, use your power ups to get to different area type type situations, and it's okay. I'm only maybe half an hour to an hour into that part of the game for many reasons, but uh, but quick quick review on this game. Uh, it's a little frustrating. Uh, I don't have a really a number for it right now. I kind of also want to give it like a solid seven. I don't, this game, I'm going to tell you right now, if I have to, if I had to play this game, it's this, this, and this may change by the time I make it through all the Metroidvania style stuff. And by the time I beat the game, but if you plop this game in front of me or hollow Knight, I'm going to meteor kick the messenger out of the way and play hollow Knight again. <laughs> I really, really love hollow Knight. Uh, I've boasted about it too much on here. I feel I may have overhyped it, but I really do like that game. And of these, of these, uh, indie games that have got so much praise and so much, uh, 
so much hype built around mm-hmm. it. I mean, Hollow Knight's getting a. I think the Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight, and the Messenger both have Switch releases either already out or coming. Either way, yeah. I really, really like Hollow Knight. Like I was almost going to go through that game a third time. I was going <laughs> to go through it recently. I, I really do. I enjoy that game. That's it's up there. It's I'm going to have to have a serious, serious discussion with myself sometime in the future about. You know how how far up the chain of Castlevania Symphony of the Night I put that game. That's how great I feel about it. Castlevania Symphony of the Night for me is always going to win out because the fucking game is twice over. I mean, yeah, Hollow Knight doesn't have anything on that extra content. Be damned. Anyway, anyway, the the correlation I'm making here is I heard a lot of hype around Hollow Knight. I forget how much hype I heard about it before I went and tried it myself, but. That game when it first came out, and for the couple months after, I mean, it had the it had the shovel knight appeal. I mean, everybody was talking about it. This is the latest greatest thing, mm-hmm. and given just the YouTube and podcast social media outlets that I ingest daily, the same thing was happening to the messenger. So I try I, I tried it out. I I like it. I enjoy it. It does have a good bit of humor in it, and that humor is not lost on me. It's not it's not overdoing it like a lot of these newer games try to do. It breaks the fourth wall-ish, but it does it in, a, in, a, in an appealing way. The gameplay, I'm going to tell you now, when people tell you that if you like Ninja Gaiden, then you will like this game, they mean that to the core. Because this game almost perfectly emulates that control style, flaws and all. <laughs> That's where my not not exactly appeal of this game the the appeal of this game kind of wears off when it gets that way, sure. and I don't know I do not have I don't I don't want to let me put it that way I'm 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 super fucking lazy about this <laughs> I play this game right now on a PC with a wireless Xbox One controller okay. I have no lag unless I do unless I play on certain emulators. So when I play Steam games, I don't notice any lag. So I really, really want to blame this game for when I press the motherfucking jump button and you don't jump, I'm blaming you. <laughs> I say this because when I play Hollow Knight, I know that I lost to that boss because my swipe wasn't fast enough. I know that I missed that corner of the ledge because I missed the corner of a ledge. This game, I... Uh, back something I remembered about Ninja Gaiden Uh, I don't know if it it could be shit on me I could be just be a shit player because it was a wired controller but I felt like I was like eight years old again playing a Ninja Gaiden game going no I pressed the jump button I know damn well I pressed the jump button but you didn't jump you just fell into the pit and that (laughs) happened a lot in this game now there are ways around this. I could play it on a different console. I could uh, hook up a USB cord to this and try it wired and see if that's the case. It 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 got that bad for me at times. It's like I just I, I I'm getting pissed off because I'm losing to bosses because I'm pressing the buttons, but it's not happening. Right. There are a lot. There are a lot of options that your character gets. Like you have a, you pick up different items that give you more mobility. I don't want to. <laughs> fucking Ryuji telling me to do my job, Chris. You hear this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
so when you jump there there are a couple things that you can do in the air uh after you after you get these upgrades so that does take a bit of time for you to get your own personal control down you want to make sure that when you're jumping and then you're trying to do something after that jump you're hitting the right button you're hitting it at the right time you're hitting at the right cushion point and all that but uh just just a solid example Halfway through the game, the big... This is so aggravating to me, man. You have no idea. Halfway through this game is round about the time when this big this big story thing happens. It's going to be fairly obvious when it happens. So, I mean, I'm, not, I'm trying my best not to spoil it. But there's going to be a basically a big-ass battle. And I think of every boss up until this battle, I may have died to somewhere in the neighborhood of two to five times. I died to this boss over 160 times. Jesus. Just this boss. Now, look, I can hear the masses. I'm telling you, Chris, and I'm telling the world right now, you can come at me all you want with the man. You're, you're, you suck. You shouldn't play this game. You're horrible. Why are you even playing this game? You got no skill. That shit blows right over my head. I've had my time playing hard games, and I guarantee you I can find a game that you have got stuck on. I mean, it, it, this is the way my life works. I will get stuck on the most stupidest shit where everybody around me is like, man, I did that in the first try. And I'm like, oh, I just, I didn't. I, it, it got so bad where I went to YouTube and was looking up videos of how people were beating this boss. Mm-hmm. And then as I was doing it, I was, oh, well, you're doing like one more thing than me. Uh, it, it was a struggle. I struggled almost as much with this boss as I've done with medium difficulty bloodborne bosses. That's how much shit I was put through. The next two, maybe three bosses after this happened, again, I was back to two or three, two or three deaths and I had the boss beat. I think, I think the last boss I just beat took like, like five to ten, maybe a little bit, but nowhere near that big ass boss. Right. And it was so, I had seen every phase of that boss. Okay. I'd seen every pattern. I, I could write a thesis on how to beat the fucker. <laughs> it just, I couldn't fucking do it. And so many of those deaths were me going, no, I pressed the fucking jump button or no, I didn't move that far or no, I let go of the controller. Why did you keep moving that way? Or no, I didn't press right. I put, why did you go look? Why did you go right? Stupid crap like that. And it wasn't even really luck when I finally beat it. I just, I guess everything fucking clicked and I beat it. I I, I only got like one tick of damage taken off. And yeah. So I, I do not, I am not in no way, shape or form denouncing this whole game based off of one boss. What I'm telling you is that this game is very fun. I'm, I'm, let me let me try to reverse this whole fucking train. Let me slam the brakes and <laughs> throw this train in reverse. The game is very fun. It the the levels, the individual levels that you go through are quite extensive. They're longer than I remember Ninja Gaiden levels to be, and for, and for me that's great. If I'm looking at a level and I'm thinking I'm going to be, if I go straight through the level, I'm going to be in here like th- three minutes, but I'm actually a, about ten. That's great. There are checkpoints throughout the level. 
There are shops that, that are shops that also act as a checkpoint. So you can have a checkpoint that you'll start back at and you can upgrade. You can go into the shop and upgrade the humor that that's the banter back and forth between your character and the shop owner is, is great. And all that ties into the actual story of the game, too. So all the stuff that he's telling you, it all plays in. There's multiple levels. I want to say somewhere between seven and nine levels before the big shift happens. So there's lots of good gameplay here. And again, I don't, I haven't sat down and looked at all the conditions. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now, which is kind of good, but kind of not. Uh, right. that's, uh, that's a great thing about a Metroidvania style, style game is you're like, where do I go next? I probably just haven't talked to the right person yet or probably just spam aid my way through texts and, <laughs> and didn't pay attention. But I'm sure there's something I'm supposed to be doing in this open-ish type setting and I, I'm still having fun with it. I'm still enjoying it. I'm just kind of weighed down by other games right now. My turmoil has turned against me, but uh, just all in all, the game is definitely a hard seven. If I really had to be pissy and bitchy about the controls, I'd probably knock it down to a six. But I mean, I don't know. It could be just me. It could be the wireless controller is not mm -hmm. the correct one to play this game. But again, I hearken back to Hollow Knight, which is a, has the same style jumping, has precision attacks and all that shit. And I had no problem there. But yeah, all in, if the frustrations aside, and again, if I'm looking back on this as like an upgrade to Ninja Gaiden, where, you know, you die enough, you start the game over. This is, this is, this is good enough. You know, you got checkpoints, you live off your checkpoints. You still, you still have the punishment system where if you die, uh, the little demon pops over your shoulder and eats up your, uh, your currency for a while. So all in all. Still a good game. Sorry I didn't talk about it last week. I have stopped playing it after probably about, probably a couple days after uh, that last episode. Not really working on it now, but that's that that's into my week. Just just kind of wanted to get that part out of the way. Gotcha. Uh, man. Some news went on this week, though. Shall we do a uh, introduction first? Yeah, let's do that. Get that. I want. I, I I hate saying get that out of the way because it's, it's not. It's it's a staple here at the end of time cast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Uh, any well actually's from you before we roll into news stuff? Of course not. Okay, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Yeah, some news happened this last week, man. Some pretty uh. Some pretty crushing news, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I want to start this because I honestly, I heard about. So we're we're going to be talking about Telltale Games. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, we're recording this close to the end of September 2018, and right around the time that we recorded this last episode, this news broke. Which is fine. I mean, we don't we're we're not news chasers here at the end of Timecast, fortunately and unfortunately. But this broke, and I heard about it. I read about it, and as for at first for me, it was kind of like an oh shit. Well, that really sucks, you know, because the company closed down. I will admit that I have not physically played The Walking Dead. I I was I lived that game vicariously through two best friends. 
but I shout that game from the rooftops, even though I have not played it. That the way that the, the narrative in that game was driven, the way that game was developed, and the way that it puts control in your hand and your choices mean something, and your choices split through story diverging paths. I like the way that game was told. And if I, who don't like zombie shit at all, got into that game, whether <laughs> I played it or not, that says something. There are other Telltale series around that that I know of. I've also watched the Batman Telltale series. And honestly, for me, I think that's it. I know there's a Tales of the Borderlands. I think, uh, again, the two best friends are playing through that right now, but I've only watched a couple episodes. There's not much else... Chris, that I can think of that I've even watched from Telltale. What I do know is that they are a company that focuses around story. Yeah. The only one I've personally played was Minecraft Story Mode, um, which is okay. Um, A lot of the others I own, but I never got around Mm -hmm. to playing them yet, and I didn't watch them because I didn't want them spoiled. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. And this is kind of a whole mess with Telltale. you know, they hit it big early on and kept pumping out games. And apparently they weren't nearly as profitable as it seems based on their, you know, news presence. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you look at the sales yeah. numbers for the last games, several games, they're abysmal. Very bad. Yeah. I, so I wasn't really following this. It's just more news was coming at me over Mm -hmm. the days uh, of this. So I heard more about this shit after the fact. Initially, all I got again, and it's just imagine me just skimming through news and just I just saw this was oh telltale shut down. Oh, that sucks and moved on with life. And then it was how fast they shut down and why they shut down. What happened? And Mm -hmm. it's really pissed me off. A very, very bad blemish on the gaming world, though the, the gaming world, understandably, is not alone in this. I mean, this happens all the time in corporate and business America. But, yeah, my take on this is the company came out, they had some good shit, and they, and they got funding somehow, or they wanted funding, or people came to their door and said, hey, we need more. And they branched out really fast. And they took on, they just bit off way more than they could chew. And then the, the products that they put out weren't really that good. It's almost like they hit a one hit wonder with the first Walking Dead. I don't, I honestly, I have not heard too many great things about the Walking Dead season two. I would, I, I, I gather that the story continues. So people want to know where the story is going to end. I get that part, but I haven't heard people. Tell me in any way, shape, or form, the man, The Walking Dead season one was good, but oh man, season two was as good or better. It's rather indifference. So the only thing, oh, The Wolf Among Us is another one that I've, mm-hmm. I think I've watched one or two episodes of a playthrough and just the outlook, I was very indifferent to that series. But they had all these IPs and all this branching and, and expanding and all this shit they want to do. And as of last week, they shut down. What pisses me off the most about this, and again, the, the, this company, the gaming industry, no industry is is any different. It's they all equally get my f- fucking rage about this shit. Is employees walked in one day and said, "Hey, we're done. Bye." 
like no two weeks, no month notice, no, mm-hmm. hey, y'all better start getting your resumes together. Whether people, whether employees in the company saw this coming or not, that I don't know all the facts. I heard that now employees are coming out and going, man, you guys don't know how bad it was. And this is typical. You know, usually when companies break down like this, employees are going to say, hey, there was some shit going on. But I don't, I don't know employees of this company so i can't tell you yeah. if they were like yeah man we, we knew this is coming yeah what I've i heard, see i've heard that people were actually like flown out to start as new yes. hires just months prior yep that's one of the biggest news pieces of it is that like weeks before this they were hired and left their home in another country and came over here like let's start and in day three oh yeah the company is fucking done and it infuriates me, man. I know that it, that's such a bad mark. That is such a bad mark that I want to find these individuals responsible for this company and find where they go and boycott whatever the fuck they're doing. Like, this is horrible. You don't do this to people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how our audience or how the general public views game developers. I don't know if it's still fucking 1970 in their mind. They're like, those are, that's simplistic. It's, it's that shit. But these are people that had a career. They had a job with a company, with a company that I'm assuming they took as being fairly big, if not getting bigger. But it's done. They're just they're just shut down, fired, and the company's gone. So go find work elsewhere. Go. Hopefully somebody else will will pick you up or or have fun waiting tables or something, you know. It's so shitty to do anybody. It's 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 no different when any business does it. It's just I know about this is another one that I know about. Yeah, and it's and, uh, you kind of can see how big of a deal and how you know much weight there is behind it because it's actually now a uh, you know class action lawsuit against yeah. them from the people. So good that'll lead some credence to you know how bad it was. The other dirty part about it is that. And again, I'm parroting a lot of what I heard, but so, and I'm, 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 I'm just throwing out days here. I'm not sure how fast it happened, but like on a Tuesday, the company broke down. The company was done. And then Wednesday night or Thursday morning, the company started tweeting, Hey, we're, uh, we're getting some, some sponsorship from some, you know, some, some great companies that are wanting to pick up the slack. And we think we're going to have enough funding to, you know, finish whatever game. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? How about you take that money that they're going to give you <laughs> and you give your employees severance pay? Yeah. How about you take care of the people who you just fucked up? I don't care about your game. And if you audience are out there begging for this game, you need to rethink that. These people were just cut the fuck off from employment. And the company that had them is going, well, we can find money to finish the game. I, mean, I don't, you know, don't, I don't care about your livelihood. Just make my game. That's don't don't be that way. No game is important enough to me. No Mega Man 12 would not be important to me over somebody losing their job and being like, yeah, my company fucked me. Like, I have nothing now. I'm looking for a job. Mm-hmm. I hope good things for all those employees. Uh I, I hope they get turned around. I hope things work in their favor, but such a bad blemish, you know, such a horrible thing to happen. Just, yeah, oh. by the way, uh, you might not want to come back after lunch. We're kind of locking the doors. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. 
Why? Uh, we, we suck at managing our company, I guess. So, it's rough. of all the, yeah, that's all I got on that. <laughs> I could soapbox on that shit for a while because I know that feeling. I don't know yeah. it personally. Well, I mean, I kind of do. I was with a company that they didn't do it that way. They, uh, I worked for a local restaurant that basically told me in no few words that they were planning on renovating, like mm -hmm. the, their business was declining and they were planning on renovating. So, you know, hey, in about two or three weeks, we're probably going to shut down the restaurant. It's only going to be shut down for about two weeks to a month. We're going to renovate, you know, two and a half months later, they're still not open. They keep telling us to check back in two and a half, you know, in two weeks. Yeah. So not necessarily pushed out, but poor management, poor ownership. Yeah. I think I told a story about the time I lost my job overnight, haven't I? Uh, if not, go ahead. Remember, everyone could be someone's sure. first episode. So, as a government contractor, in general, it sucks dealing with contracts. Um, mm -hmm. My very first one I worked on, I was on it for about two years. Um, and then I got a call from my company because... Keeping in mind, I was working at, you know, the client site, the government site, but I had a company manager, you know, across town in a different, you know, commercial building off base. So I get a call going, hey, can you stop by, you know, the company office in the morning? I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever, you know, I'll do it on my way to work because I lived, it was kind of in between me and uh, the office. So I go in the next morning and they're like, so, effective midnight last night, uh, your position on the contract doesn't exist anymore. Wow. I was like, um... Wow. So, what you're saying is I don't have a job anymore? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, that's... It's messed up on several, you know, layers. Because first off, they would have seen that coming. Yeah. Um, contract changes like that aren't sudden. Um, there's usually a discussion period, a, you know, whatever, cause they have to work out funding, they have to do all this thing, um, all these things. And yeah, apparently the company and I, I'm looking back now, I'm wondering if they were not the prime on the contract and they were just a sub and there were some communication issues with them in the prime mm -hmm. or, Something between the government rep and the contract company, you know, didn't get communicated properly. But um, they claimed it was news to them as well um, from like two o'clock the afternoon before, like right before they called me. Uh, which, if that's yeah. the case, there's some serious issues there. Um, yeah. But on the flip side, you know, as bad as the situation was, they did give me severance, which, oh well, as good. a contractor, is pretty much unheard of. Um, that's something that doesn't happen because uh, contracts are at will and can be terminated any, at any time. Uh, yeah. They don't have to give a notice. As yeah, I'm sure there are some, you know, laws of course, like the telltale things. They're talking about supposed to be a 60 days or 30 days notice. I think the contracting stuff like that it's exempt from those. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> kind of like how they're exempt from overtime pay. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> no overtime on this job. Period. Don't do it. You know. Because, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was rough. Um, losing the job literally overnight. No clue. 
Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm willing to bet there's 40, 50 something business CEOs that tune into our episode every week that would love <laughs> to educate you and I, lowly folk, on why you don't. I, I have enough sense to know at a very base level if I own a company and I think <laughs> shit's cu- getting shaky. Depending on how big the company is, if I hear an echo of a possible issue, I wouldn't want to tell everybody because that's going to create dissemination. Maybe everybody's like, well, fuck this shit. I'm out. And then four days later, oh, it all worked out. Maybe I could understand that. But I also said key words in there like days, weeks mm-hmm. uh, are different. Months are different. If you steadily see your company declining, you should be doing other measures yeah. anyway. But uh, what do I know? I do not have a business degree. I'm not about to sit here and talk out of my ass. <laughs> All I can tell you, as someone who's been close to this and somebody that sees this, it's fucking common sense. I don't care how much fucking money you make, six-figure man, but when you just up and up walk out of a business and then leave 70, 100, 200 people without a job, that's shitty. Yeah. I don't care what way you slice it. I don't care what logic, business, keeping shit as close to the black in the as you can. Sh- fuck you. That's shitty. Anyway, I know you and I could soapbox about this all day. Uh, I I don't know of any other great news that was on my plate that I really, really want to talk about. I think the Tokyo Game Show has been going on this week, yeah. but I honestly haven't followed it because, as I mentioned last time, I kind of saw what I wanted to see from the pre-show, mm-hmm. and it seems like just... Just from typing in Tokyo Game Show 2018 and clicking image on Google, I was like, oh, click off, go away, go away. (laughs) I saw four pictures out of 30. I was like, ah, spoiler city. So I, if you have, Chris, and you want to talk about it, that's fine. But I have not watched any Tokyo Game Show at all. No, and I've heard very little about it. Um, I... I saw you in the same boat as that. I saw you link something yesterday about they were doing some Assassin's Creed stuff uh, on YouTube Mm -hmm. Live or something like that. And I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm waiting till the game. (laughs) Since I have no desire to play that game, I figured I'd check it out. And Mm -hmm. I figured at a minimum, uh, maybe I could see some stuff in there that, uh, for those that don't know what we're talking about, uh, Giant Bomb did a a live, uh, not, not so much a quick, a quick look, but just like a, like hour, hour and a half playthrough of some undisclosed time in the game. And I, I was like, oh, all right, well, let me see if maybe this one, Origins gameplay didn't grab me. Maybe this one will. No, still didn't grab me. It's it's still the same game to me. Yep. Let me think. Let me think. We'll see how much uh, boat stuff ends up in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I did hear that there was boat stuff in yeah. it, but they, of course, it's it's funny watching. It's so it's so funny watching how salty Giant Bomb is. And it, uh, let me let me let me pull that back. It's not Giant Bomb specifically. It seems like a lot of uh, outlets, magazine, internet. YouTube, whatever outlets are like, yeah, we, we're allowed to play this game, but depending on the game and depending on the company it comes from, there may be f- 10 sentences or 14 pages worth of this is the stuff that you can't show and you oh, yeah. can't talk about at all. And it's so funny during this whole thing, hearing all the things that, 
you know, in the past, them telling little mini stories of things that they were not allowed to talk about, stuff with this game they said they mm-hmm. can't talk about. And it's like, man, I, I, I get it, but I, I mean, I get it and I don't get it. I get it where, you know, you don't want to spoil stuff. I understand that. Yeah. But if uh, this, this is me talking with very little common sense. I'm a very dumb person, folks. <laughs> if they showed Mega Man 11, say, Hey, we're, we're, we got this game early access all the way through and I am doing a Mega Man tribute live stream. That's right. I'm going to play this game all the way through. Nobody else has this. I have exclusive rights. I'm the only YouTube channel out there. I'm looking to get like 4 million people live watching this. I'm going to break the internet. If I, Michael, go watch that before I play it myself, that's ignorance on my part. That's not on them. They put mm-hmm. it there. I would I would imagine that they wouldn't even have to put a bunch of spoilers. I mean it's they would have to be they would have to pull some real shady underhanded shit to trick me to watch this thing and then go, Oh no, and then come on, you told me like two hours into this, I'm not realizing what this is so dumb. It's so dumb. If um, let th- let them pick what they want, let them show what they want, and you should know what you're watching. Like, don't watch the Witcher 4 fucking gameplay if you don't want something spoiled, period. Uh, and this especially yeah. goes for games like uh, like uh, Sekiro, any any type of Soulsborne style game. Like I will not watch anything else if there is some show that comes out before that game or some review. Chris can watch it, Adam can watch it, you guys and gals can watch it all you want. I'm I'm black on that because those games they are driven by virgin runs they are driven by your complete blind ignorance of that game it's just yeah it's just really funny hearing them talk about yeah we can't talk about that we can't show that and i just, oh, mum's the word it's like oh man <laughs> yeah so that was the closest thing i've came to recently that i've watched that's spoilery i guess but i have desired to play the game so yeah there was a i can't remember what it was i think it was achievement hunter though that was playing it they were streaming it live uh mm-hmm. a first look at something um but they had to skip every cutscene. oh yeah yeah that so was interesting it's funny I, I did i do have the mega man 11 demo for anybody that didn't catch that's that what i was gonna ask you <laughs> i was gonna ask you did you play it uh well I tell you what if it's if you think we can do uh we can just stroll in the weeks and right. I can start so uh a lot of games to talk about a lot a lot of games because I'm I'm just, I'm just, I I don't necessarily say that I'm in my turmoil I've got a little bit of downtime uh for for a bit here and I've been using it daily I'm. I mean, apparently, Chris, if you read the news, I'm I'm one of the most problematic people in the world. I've from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, I'm playing video games. <laughs> That's five in the morning till eleven at night. So, folks, you do your math. Uh, take out time for for showers, for eating, uh, maybe like a half an hour to an hour, depending on shit with my wife. But I mean, yeah, all day, all fucking day. If I have nothing to do and no work to do, I'm playing video games. So that's afforded me some time to tr- more than try some games. Like I put several hours in a, in a, a variety of games last week. I did play Mega Man 11. I also, f- I kind of forgot to mention that, but I think I played a little bit after 
I forgot when I played it, but I okay. only the the only thing that's out for Mega Man Eleven right now is one level. Okay. Uh, as in, when you start the demo up, there's eight bosses. The boss pictures aren't even there. You only have one boss emblem to click, so you play through one level, and it's concrete. It's uh oh, I didn't know. I want to get that name wrong. I want to say it's Concrete Man. I can't believe I don't remember that Mega Man. <laughs> 11 concrete it's like he's like stone man or concrete man stone yes, man concrete always man. high oh <laughs> uh, actually no concrete man's mega man mega man 9 <laughs> what is up mega man i don't know this fucking uh, boss name what is wrong with me well anyway i'll somebody will correct me oh some mega man fan i am right uh it's only his ball Block it's only man. Blockman, thank you, Chris. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> he is the only stage available and the only boss that's available as well. But you, they're generous enough to to give you, even though you haven't played those stages and have not beaten those bosses, you can select between two additional weapons. I want to say it's an electric weapon, and I honestly forget the other one. I really haven't used them too much. I've been using uh, Mega Buster all the way through. Okay. This is Mega Buster, by the way, because you can charge it. And for those that are savvy in the Mega Man world, there was a standard Buster, and then there was the Mega Buster, which started in my favorite Mega Man and my favorite video game of all time, Mega Man 4. So you can charge up Mega Man's shot. So a couple things about this. When I, when I played Mega Man... Uh, X7 and X8, I mentioned this to Chris last episode, the reason why I disliked those games is because they felt very clunky. It's something you do not want to get wrong in a Mega Man game, right. is controls. He needs to feel, the controls need to feel very tight, very precise, and this is something that's always had me nervous about Mega Man going into this 3D or 2D, 2.5D world where they're trying to give Mega Man's a little bit more realism, a little bit, a little bit of cartoony realism is the best way I can describe it. They want to keep him looking like the NES Mega Man that you know, but they want to add some more flourish to his costume or to his, to his armor. They want to make his busters look different. They want to make his shots look flasher and flasher. And I get all that. But in my experience, again, take Mega Man. Go from Mega Man X straight into Mega Man X7 and you'll understand what I mean. When you cross that 3D, you cross that 2D threshold, typically companies tend to slow down because they want to add more animation. They want to add more fluidity. This has always been a nervous thing for me with Mega Man. Always. Mega Man 11, kick that shit right out the window. No problems. Mega Man and Mega Man 11 looks different. He has an upgraded look, uh, v- verging on the 2.5D look. But okay. his movement, his running, his uh, his jumping, his sliding, it's tight. Very tight. It is fucking close to NES tightness with, with controlling him. That was a plus right off the bat. If In the first five seconds of me moving him back and forth, jumping around, I said, all right, good. This part, this this is a big hang-up for me, already taken care of. Got it. I could nitpick, 
mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm allowed to because I love Mega Man so much. <laughs> I I I don't really like his running animation that much. I I wish they changed that. I mean, this game is still in early development. It's 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 not going to come out for I think another month or two. I mean, so maybe uh, maybe try five days. Okay, well the then, fuck me, Ryan. <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's not. It's not a hang up though. It's not. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just again with him going to this s- sort of more realistic, cartoony look. His run anima- his run animation looks a little different, and it's it's just me being a little nitpick, going, yeah, I don't like that so much. Quick but question for you. Uh huh. What is the demo played on? What's av- Where is it available? I believe it's on all platforms but don't quote me on that i'm playing it on the playstation 4 i have the game pre-ordered for the pc but i don't know if i saw a mega man 11 demo for anything anything on the pc i i honestly don't know okay i only looked i only saw it offered for and looked up on uh the playstation because that's what it was brought to my attention at yeah i see an article talking about it on switch so looks like all platforms yeah, could just be. Curious. And it should be. It should be, honestly. Oh, yeah. So, so now that the controls are, were out of the way, then I can actually focus, again, again, this game, this is, this is what Mighty Number no. 9, and they failed fucking horribly, but what Mighty Number no. 9 tried to do is they really tried to put that, they really tried to put the aesthetics up front. Mm-hmm. They really wanted to try, again, for $3 million, they fell so flat, in my <laughs> opinion, but they tried to make it look as flashy and, and, and as awesome as they could. But the controls fell flat on their face. Sure. That's, and, and while not to the same degree and the same quality, I do understand that, but that's something else that Mega Man X7 and X8 tried to do. They said, hey, we're going into 3D, but we're going to try to make these 3D graphics look, look pretty cool. We're going to make it aesthetically pleasing as we yeah. can. The controls sucked. Once I got into Mega Man 11 and saw that the controls were tight, then I could pull my gaze back and look at the graphics, look sure. at how they've developed the world. Good stuff, man. Again, only one level, but good stuff. Yeah, and I did definitely has that it's on Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. Looks like nothing for PC for demo. Now that sucks for PC guys, but they you could pre-order it. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> um, had a good time playing it. Uh, I was trying, I was really psycho, not psycho, but really analyzing this game as much as I could. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I mean, I guess I could cancel my pre-order, but I've already got the game purchased. When the game's going to drop and I'm going to own it. But you, you got to understand, man, especially with Mighty Number no. 9, which it's just completely different company. I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the only like let's try to let's try to take mega man to the next level that i have to go on and that sucked horribly and i've always i've had a lot this is this is my baby franchise this is something i just don't want fucked with uh i played through this level twice i have not made it all the way through have no problem admitting that i've made it close to the end of the end of the end of the stages close to the boss so that being said for me it does have a fair amount of challenge to it a lot of this challenge that i'm fucking up on is probably on me because you can tell that for those that don't know, there is what's called the gear system in this game. The gear system has two separate options that you can use individually, or you can also combine them, or you can like hard press them together at the same time, and it gives you like this power move. One is a time function, 
and the other is a power function. The time function, you hit that button, it slows down time. You have a meter that fills up, and that meter fills up in about, I want to say about four to five seconds. Once that meter fills up, your that meter overcharges, and you have to wait for that meter to cool down before you can use it again. So you have a time-controlling utility at your disposal. And if you're smart enough to, and I mean that in a nice way, if, if you're perceptive enough, you can see that going through this level alone, there are enemies that, yeah, you can just shoot them and you can time your bullets and you can make it harder on yourself, but they're kind of designed to just use the time function. Uh, you have a power function. Same mentality, same everything I just said, but instead of it being time control, it literally powers up your shots. So if you have an enemy that takes 20 standard pellets to kill, this will half that, basically. And again, has a meter, fills up. When the meter fills up, it overcharges. You can use them at the same time, but that makes that meter fill up incredibly fast, of course. And you can hard, I think there, I, I may be misspeaking. I think you may have to charge something else up, but if you hit them both at the same time, he does like a kind of like a screen clearing kind of a super attack. Sure. Again, Having these mechanics, this is something else that's always bothered me about Mega Man games. Like, don't, you don't have to add 20 separate things. You mm-hmm. don't. Look at, if, if you want to, because the world does it, look at Mega Man 2 and just fucking do that. Look at Mega Man 5 and just do that. I don't need 20 extra mechanics around Mega Man. So when I heard this gear function, I was like, here we go. We're trying to change the system. <laughs> we got to add more shit to it. We got to make Mega Man more than what he is. These systems work very well. And if you use them, they will aid you. If you don't, you're just putting a challenge on yourself. And that's really what I've been doing. I haven't been using these these gears as much as I should be doing. I can look back on my deaths, and as I go back to the levels, I go, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I really should just use these things here. That's also... I'm not saying that they're forcing these mechanics on you either. These are not hard walls. For example, you're going to come upon an enemy early on. He's a big uh, skull-faced enemy. And you will sit there and just pump shot after shot after shot. And you're like, God, it takes like 20 fucking hits to kill this guy. And you can do that. That option's there. You can charge your Mega Buster up and you can hit him with like six, seven, eight of those. You can do that. Or you can just use the thing that they gave you and make it easier on yourself. <laughs> the game doesn't force you to. I haven't been in a situation where it's like, oh shit, there's like, I've got five seconds. I need to use this. Uh, it's, hey man, it's there. It's there. Uh, what else? What else? The music, uh, again, it's only one level. So, and that the music has that sort of synthy vibe to it. So that that stage music is not catchy to me so far. That's only one level. I have seven more bosses to go through, and I have anywhere from potentially three to nine Wily's esque stages. So we'll see where the music takes me once the actual game comes out. Sure. Bottom line, from a Mega Man fan, from a guy that. I just I could I could eat that series if I could. This game looks great. It looks like it's promising. I'm hoping. I'm uh, still skeptical. Still because I don't know. I need to see it all. I have to see the whole thing. But mm-hmm. just from the demo, it made me as a Mega Man fan with crossed arms. It made me loosen up my arms. Made me go okay, <laughs> okay, okay. This looks like they know they're doing it right. They're mm. not fucking Sonic 06ing this shit. They're not <laughs> completely reinventing the wheel. And uh it was good. 
So I did. That's a lot of talk. And again, I've only played that. I've only played that level like twice. So mm-hmm. it's just Mega Man. I got to get all that out there. So holy fuck, Chris, I, I really should have wrote. A, I was honestly thinking about today writing a list of all the shit that I've been playing. because I feel like I'm going to forget something, but here goes. So I recently purchased a couple games from a local game store. Diablo 3 and Yakuza Kiwami. Okay. Uh, somebody, I don't, I, I forget who, but some jackass told me to play this Kiwami game <laughs> and I uh, figured, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Chris recommended that, this, said this game was great. And uh, so, first off, I played Diablo 3. Uh, don't really know how I feel about that game. A uh, little preface on my Diablo history. I've never, ever played the first Diablo, ever. I played Diablo 2 like a son of a bitch for, for a good probably seven, eight, nine months of my life, right around the time of me either graduating high school or right after high school. The first thing that made me just quit that game altogether, which I know it's, this is silly. This is a dumb thing. I know why. I knew why then I was just a whiny little fucking 18 year old punk kid, but I played Diablo 2 like a madman and I ground that game and ground that game and ground that game into dust. I had, I don't even remember what level, Chris, like some, like a level 80 something, 85 something necromancer. If you put that game in front of me today, I probably, I'd have to learn that game all over again. It's been too long since I played that game, but back then I was a whiz playing that game. I was a whiz playing necromancer. I love that shit. And then I tried to take it online, and they said, no, you need to make a new character. I was like, oh, fuck you. You know the work I put in this guy? They're like, uh-uh-uh, you mm-hmm. need to make a new character. And I said, uh-uh, install from my fucking computer. Fuck you. And I never went back to Diablo 2. Uh, I do remember having a lot of fun with that game. Even even that That is one of the few games outside, and this is typically Blizzard games that this happens with, but outside of Command & Conquer Red Alert, and StarCraft and Warcraft 3 and StarCraft 2, mostly Blizzard games. Those are the only games I think I've ever played with a mouse and keyboard. I think I owned like the first Age of Empires, so maybe that one too. Obvious RTSs, I play with a keyboard and mouse. Sure. But Diablo was one of those. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if controller compatibility was a thing back then in 2000, but... In any event, I don't have a long storied history with Diablo. I know the continue guys, remember Paul from uh, continue to this day plays Diablo 2 all the time. He loves that game to death. That says a lot when somebody's playing that game for well over two decades. I don't have that compassion. I don't have that love for it, but I've heard lots of people say Diablo 3 is a fun game. It's, uh, it's, it's, it definitely has the party aesthetic to it. You know, you get a bunch of people on live or couch potato away and play this game, hack and slash like gauntlet. So I figure what the hell the game's been out forever. The update, the expansion's out. Might as well pick it up, picked it up, played it for about an hour. Nothing really grabbed me, <laughs> uh, taking my character and walking around and holding down one button as he goes, and just having like, that I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go to that. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm having fun doing that. 
Uh, there's going to be more to it, I, I, I'm aware. And I'll, I'm also started with a very basic character. I started as a barbarian, so there's no magic slinging. There's no arrow shooting. And I'm sure there's more that's going to get put on that character in that class as I level up. So maybe just one or two button presses aren't going to cut it. But, yeah, I just, eh. I was also in a turmoil. Like, I wasn't going to that game and hoping for the greatest thing. I was literally just trying it out. I got it for mm. a very a very cheap price, and I figured, what the hell? This is one of many games that I figured I'd try. And I just went, meh, and moved on. Uh, next up, I tried uh, Yakuza Kiwami. So, thank you for educating me on this, Chris. I didn't even know. I also took some further education that... Uh, so, Chris told me that... Uh, Yakuza uh, Kiwami is basically a remake of the very first Yakuza game. Right. Which was cool. I also learned later that Kiwami is kind of Japanese pseudonym for extreme. So this is like the extreme version of the game, which, which cool. I didn't know that either. Uh, another history lesson on my part, the Yakuza series I have no history with Yakuza. None whatsoever. I own Yakuza 0 for the PC. Uh, no, I'm sorry, for the PlayStation 4. I've played it for about two hours, and combination of didn't get into it and was sidetracked by other games. I forget what they were, and this is fairly recent, too. This is another one which, from my understanding, Yakuza 0 greater than symbol Yakuza Kiwami I don't know why, and I don't know if there's legitimacy in that, but I see a lot of similarities between these two games. Either way, either way, fresh slate playing Yakuza Kiwami. I've made it as far, I've made it uh, only a few hours in. As far as the story goes, I am at the point where somebody who I won't name uh, was just killed, and the lead character is attending their funeral to try to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. That's literally where I stopped playing. Uh, some things about the game: it does a it does a good job of the hey, let me have you powered up, and then let me remove all your powers, and <laughs> you you pretty much start from scratch. I realized that firsthand. Uh, let me go ahead and say this right now: spoiler warning for Yakuza Zero Kiwami. If you want a spoiler free, just snip it from me. Uh, it's worth a try. I mean, yeah, I, I see the appeal. But spoilers from hence on, just in case. So the fights you get into before you go to prison, you have pretty much all of his, and I'm saying this loosely, all of his powers. Uh, he's a badass. He has access to a lot of a lot of abilities in his uh, four uh, four quadrant uh, ability D pad selection. I don't know why I made that so complicated. <laughs> Basically, you can press up, down, or left, or right, and it selects a style that that your main character yeah. fights with. What is his name again? Uh, uh, shit, I forget mm. his name. Either way, cool dude, bro, guy. Uh, there's a story section that you play, bef- and then he eventually has some shit happen, and he goes to jail. The story narrative is: as he was in jail, he didn't even he never got into a fight. He all he kept passive, uh, uh, a pacifist mentality. He never engaged in fights, and it led him to getting out early on parole. They literally carry that into the gameplay because the first time you get into a fight after you're out of jail, you get your fucking ass 
handed to you. And it's like, wow, this is this this is the video game thing. I was powerful, and now I'm not. And they're like, yeah, you've been in jail for a while, huh? And he said, yeah, I didn't fight anybody because I was trying to get out early. Oh well, you're kind of rusty, huh? Well, we'll have to build you up. And I'm winking to the audience and nudging them with my elbow. We'll have to build you up over the game. I'm gonna come test you now and again and help you get your power back, man. Wink, wink. And I'm like, oh, video game. I I see what you did there, video game. Uh, the story itself, uh, just like I mentioned before, Chris, it's going to take, it would take a minute for any game to, to, to grab me. It took, uh, it took a bit that, that first hour or so with the back and forth of story and time, I was mm-hmm. like, mm, I'm trying to put the pieces together. And then when it all slammed together, I was like, oh, okay, now I like it. Now I'm liking it. So mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of questions, you know, but, uh, you did, have you beat? Uh, Kiwami yet? I haven't even started Kiwami. I'm playing Zero right now. Oh, God. I thought you were playing Kiwami. Nope. <sighs> well, fuck me running. So, spoiler for everything I just said. Yeah. Uh, again, this is only like an hour or two in the game. This It's apparently not anywhere close to yeah. all the shit that you're going to have to go through. And, but it's- and just to remind you, I've had all of Kiwami spoiled for me because I watched the uh, uh, start of Kiwami 2. Oh, <clears throat> And it well. does a flashback. And that's oh, what got okay. me interested well. in the series was seeing all the story stuff. I was like, oh, okay. well, this is an in-depth story. So. Yeah. Just just in case, I'll try my best to keep anything out of the loop. But yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the gist. It took me a minute of this game of going through and going, what are you offering me? Like, yes, there's brawler combat, but whoop-de-doo. Mm-hmm. It's the, I, I, I will tell you now, for this and Yakuza 0... The 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 beat 'em up brawlers type gameplay is not the greatest in either one of these two for me. They are not the appeal for me. The story is yeah. Uh, it was I had the same thing with Yakuza Zero that I <laughs> this was a bad one, but again I justified it because I bought the game, I already purchased it, but I played through Yakuza Zero because I've heard again so many people talk about the Yakuza. I feel like I've just been in the dark with this series. Like everybody around me is like, "Dude, Yakuza, mm-hmm. hello!" And I've been like, "I've never played them." So I've heard so much hype about Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza Zero, and I said, "Fine, fuck it, I'll pick up Yakuza Zero. Sure, play that game for a couple hours and just put it down." It's like I just I'm not. This is not exactly for me. Like I get. Yeah, you go to a karaoke bar, haha, funny. Uh, you got a best bud you're walking around the streets with. Okay, that's pretty cool, and that's also something that Kiwami has appealed to me on. It's it's you and your fucking bro all over the place, and until the shit hits the fan. But I like that bro aspect of yeah, it's me and my bro. We're in a fucking bar, smoking, drinking. We're talking about shit, we're talking about life. I like that. I dug that. But mm-hmm. I stopped playing Yakuza Zero. I was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing the game away. I'm not trading it in. I just, I'll try this another day and see if it appeals to me. And I went back and watched, started watching Yakuza Zero that uh, two best friends were playing. I was like, I'm not gonna make it any further than I've already played. If that's one episode, that's one episode. And I watched like five minutes more than what I played and the fucking story kicked off. (laughs) I was like, oh, 
I, Chris, um, this, this happened again this week, man, mm-hmm. but this happens all the time where I'm playing a game. I'm looking at you. Th- this may happen with you, uh, uh, Majora's Mask, and this may happen with you, Skyward Sword, but I'll play a game and I'll go, eh, I, I'm just not feeling it. And then I'll either see something or I'll go play it again in like five to five minutes to a half an hour. I go, oh, I just needed to play more. Whoa, I'm in. I'm so in. Valkyria Chronicles did the same mm-hmm. thing, Chris. I stopped outside the save before I went into the camp and could start upgrading my, my characters. That hook, I stopped playing right before that. I was like, yeah, I'm just kind of done with Vikira Chronicles. It's just honestly kind of boring. And then months went by and I played it and ran into town. They're like, hey, welcome to your hub. Welcome to where you bring your soldiers and you can upgrade and have all the shit. I was like, I'm fucking in a thousand percent. Why didn't I go further? So, uh, yeah, so I've made it a little bit further in Kiwami than I did in Yakuza 0. Uh, but I, I don't really, th- these games are not blowing my mind. They're not, they're not ones that I'm just dying to get back into, but I mm-hmm. will say that the story in both of these are very interesting and that's a good draw for me. Yeah. If I do continue to play these games, I may not have a lot. I mean, I don't know how Zero's system works so far, but Kiwami has, Almost like a sphere grid kind of system. Yeah. You get ability points that you can use to upgrade and gain new abilities and new attacks. And yeah, I get that, but that's not, I mean, okay, sure. Yeah. My understanding F8. is that Zero and Kwame are the same system. Kwame 2 yeah. changes it up some. Yeah. So the combat itself, for what it is, I mean, you, you're seeing your character grow over time. He's getting more abilities, getting more fighting styles, getting more hit points, more defense, yada, yada, yada. That part is not drawing me. The draw for either of these two games for me is a story. Uh, when I'm going to, when I plan to pick these two up and get back into them hardcore, I can't tell. But right now, I've, 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 put them I put them down Diablo 2 I mean Diablo 3 just kind of came and went I don't know yeah. if we'll have to see maybe I think the thing for me if I go back into Diablo 3 is maybe I need to just pick a I just need to pick something I never played before maybe 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 I'll play a fucking a mage or a sorcerer you know play a play a magician see if maybe a complete different uh uh class will will appeal to me more so that's that's three games uh, that I played loosely over the past week. Steam, I don't think I played any Steam games. I'm trying to think. I thought about picking up Hollow Knight again because I did start that again a, a few weeks ago, but I did not. I played The Messenger, but I've already spoke on that. I've played mm-hmm. that up and down a little bit over the past few days. Uh, I played... For all of about maybe half an hour, I pl- I picked a random armored core on the PlayStation Two. I don't know. I think I needed. I think some homework needs to be done before I just jump into <laughs> the armored core series because I don't know where in the series. I think Last Raven was the one that I tried. I don't know which armor core that is. That could be twelve, for all I know. There may be more mechanics I need to learn. I I I I peeked in and went. Uh, I need to work and and left. So I have nothing to report on that game. Uh, I lost an entire day 
I lost two whole days. I'm saying this nicely. Uh, <laughs> playing two separate but but uh, sequel games, and that's Dark Cloud One and Dark Cloud Two. Chris, you ever played these two? Uh, say that again. Dark Cloud and Dark Cloud Dark Two Cloud. for the PlayStation Two. Um, it sounds familiar. Okay, it's got. We're gonna say it kind of has Zelda esque qualities to it, but not not necessarily. This game, if it, it feels like without looking at the release date, Dark Cloud One, it feels like it was kind of pretty close to the PlayStation Two launch time. Very early on game. It is a dungeon crawler slash town builder. Put it that way. Okay. It has that. It has that spiraling dungeon appeal. Think, think of, think of Persona. You remember how in Persona you would go in until you were fatigued and you had to leave, yeah. and then you go back in and go a little further and leave and back in a little further mm-hmm. and leave. That's basically what this game kind of does. You go into these caves slash dungeons slash forest whatever you fight enemies it's it's action based so you're hitting a button and, and physically hitting enemies not like an rpg turn base you find you find currency you find items and you find basically uh encapsulated parts what it is is in dark cloud one a magician was awoke and he went fuck everything and wiped off all all life basically he destroyed towns destroyed killed people wiped out like a city we'll just use one for an example right before he did this shit a magician popped in and went oh fuck and like sealed everything away and like hid it in a cave your job is to go into the cave and start finding these pieces one by one and esc- and bring them back out and then putting them back into the city and making the city whole again Fairly addictive gameplay, especially for such an old game. Uh, it's 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 it's, it's I want to I don't want to say simplistic, but it's 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 simplistic. I mean, it's 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 this is something that you could probably give like a um a, 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 a an older child, and you know, for some exploration, for some light action, it's fairly addicting picking these parts out. Once you finish one city, I think there's three or four more. I, f- I forget how many. So there's a lot. There's actually a fair, fairly large amount of gameplay here. There are some light terrain changes. I think you get multiple characters, and those multiple characters can manipulate the environment different ways. Like you get one character that, that can jump over large gaps of water. You get another one that has a hammer, so that there are doors that can only be opened by swinging a hammer onto a switch and and opening a door, stuff like that. I lost an entire day to this game. This is not the first time I played this game. I played this is one of the first few games I ever had for the PlayStation 2 when I first had my PlayStation 2, so mm-hmm. 2001 or 2, I forget. But I never beat it. I I got damn near to the end of this game and I think I want to say I didn't beat it cuz I got deployed. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> there was some reason that I stopped playing this game and and I never beat it. Sure. This week, the reason why I even played that game is because as I was scrolling through the games to play, I saw Dark Cloud 2, and I said, man, I've been, there's another game in the The backlog. backlog. It's time to try that game out. I've heard about that game. I've heard it talked about. 
time to give a mic fair go. I made it about 10 minutes and said, wait, 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 wait. I didn't beat this game. I didn't beat the first game. Maybe I should go back and finish that one. And I'll, I tried it out, and I didn't beat it. I'm, I may not. Again, it's, it's, it's very old, not very archaic. It's, it's addictive, but it, it gets kind of repetitive. Sure. Uh, after that first town, you kind of see how things are going, and they try to mix it up a little bit, but. Oh boy, nowhere near mixed up as they do in the second one. So I played Dark Cloud 1 for about a day. I made it halfway through the second, we'll say, area. And I just kind of moved on. Started playing Dark Cloud 2. Holy shit. Should have took some notes on this fucker. You ever have a game that just tries to add way too much? You ever have a game that just has too much going on. Yeah. <laughs> That's this game. When you look at a game like, say, Grand Theft Auto V, there's a lot going on in that game, but it all mm-hmm. seems manageable. It all yeah. feels natural. And, I mean, I guess the progression in this kind of feels natural, but feels kind of herky-jerky to me. This game, there's a lot. Uh, all, all the shit that I said about Dark Cloud 2 is back in this game. The... Dungeon, I'm using quotes here though, the dungeon crawling little by little, finding parts to bring them out and, and rebuild a town is, that's there. That core thing is there. You don't really get to that until a little bit into the game. They just show you the dungeon crawling stuff. But mm-hmm. that's just one aspect. There's town, uh, people recruitment. There's uh, item development or weapon weapon upgrading. There's uh, multiple characters with multiple weapons that upgrade. There is a synthesis system. There is a golf game. There is uh, God. There's so much more. The I, the town building. Go ahead. I think I have that game. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Dark Cloud 2, I mean. I'm looking at mm-hmm. the in the cover of it, and I think it mm-hmm. was on a uh, the PlayStation, uh, the PSN yeah. games. Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, I'm saying all this slightly negative just because they pile so much stuff on. Like, there, there are a lot of inner working systems into this game. The plus side to it is that when you go from Dark Cloud 1 to Dark Cloud 2, a lot of quality of life things get changed. A lot of quality of life things get upgraded. One perfect example, items don't stack in Dark Cloud 1. In Dark Cloud 2, they do. Great. Awesome. So they changed a lot slash upgraded a lot of features from Dark Cloud 1 to Dark Cloud 2. But... You, you kind of get on the verge of being overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that they put in <laughs> to this game. Mm-hmm. But that's also good because it means there is a lot of content in this game. And there, and there is. There are, I've kind of had this sort of spoiled for me, but I want to say there's five, if not more. There may be more, but there are at least five separate towns that you're going to be building up. And that's saying a lot. Because every individual town requires you to go into a dungeon, get as much stuff as you can, 
you need to go back into the dungeon and then go back in and then go back in and then hit a wall. Then you have to figure out what you need to do story slash mechanic wise to get past that wall. And then you go further in and you go further in and you get hit by another wall. And you got to figure that out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do just to develop one town. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has like uh, so in the first game, the townspeople will give you hints if you ask them, which everybody has almost the same dialogue choices. You can ask them, hey, how do you think I should build the town? And they'll say, hey, uh, as far as a town goes, uh, I like fishing. So if you could put me by a lake, that'd be great. You know, we're, we're going to need a lake back in the town. And if I could, if my house could be somewhere by a lake, that would be cool. And then you can ask them, hey, what do you want me to rebuild? And they'll tell you, uh, you know, I had a storage shed and I had a fireplace. Can you make sure that those get put back? And that stuff carries over into the second one. The great thing about the second one is there's, there's a list. So you don't have to actually go talk to every individual person. There is kind of like a completion list. And there's also a percentage meter to show you how much of the large narrative you've actually completed and show how much stuff that how much flair you're putting to your town or how much how many how many uh, things have you done that the that the townspeople have asked you to do. A lot to do, a lot of content, a lot to build up. I will say that much like Dark Cloud 2, once you get through the second, maybe even the third town, it's, I hate to use the word repetitive in the second one because there's so much shit to do to make it interesting. There's so much stuff to do to keep it not as monotonous. It's more like an overarching theme of, it kind of gets redundant. You know you're going to have to go when you when you pull up the map and you see you have to go to like level 2 of this dungeon you're like I'm going to go in here. I'm going to kill a bunch of enemies. I'm going to find these parts and I'm going to get out. That part is monotonous. But everything around that is not. There's so much stuff for you to do. There are I'll tell you right now, this game fucking loves mimics, Chris. I was in <laughs> I was in one of these dungeon areas, and let's say there were 20 enemies. I think it actually gives you a counter, or that may have been Dark Cloud 1. I forget which one. But if I'm pulling a number out of my ass, let's say there were 20 enemies in this area. Five of those were treasure chests that turned into mimics. I was like, God, come on, man. Too many mimics. Mm Mm-hmm. Trying to think of anything else about this game. Uh, I fought a couple bosses so far. The bosses are not just hack and slash. They have, they have mechanics that you kind of sort of have to figure out, but we are nowhere near talking like Dark Souls level of mechanics. It's, this game is meant for, we'll say like a young teenage audience as far okay. as difficulty goes. You're not going to be banging your head. And, uh, and, and I mean, if you do, you can always go back to your character and figure out even more systems to fuck with because there, uh, you have a defensive, you have a defensive trait, which has a system that you need to incorporate to upgrade. And the system is very minute. I mean, you got to go find 
hidden items and use those items to increase your defense. If your attacks aren't doing well, you should be upgrading your weapon. There's an upgrade system and a synthesis system. And you can, if you find a, if you own a level five sword, but then you find a level 10 sword, you can like transmogrify your level five sword into a sphere and then jump that onto the new one and add the power to it. And for for a game that's just about dungeon crawling and town building, they added a lot of more features onto Dark Cloud 2. It's enjoyable. It's fairly addictive. It definitely has a lot of checklisty type things. There's there's another thing. Uh, all of the townspeople do have these individual things that they would ask you to do before you even put them in the town. So somebody will be like, yeah, I'm a baker. Yeah, I'll join your town, but I need you to find this spice. I don't know where you'll find it, but it's a very rare spice. So then you're always keeping your eye out for the spice and you bring it to him like four dungeons later. And he goes, yeah, I'll join your town. And they come to find out that that person was a, a, a key person to moving the narrative of the story. Mm-hmm. It's just, whew, it's got a lot. It's got a lot. All of it's there in the game, though. I haven't had to look up anything yet. I've just been using the knowledge that the game's given me and the the hints and the 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 the, the building hints and the systems and everything. It's it, there's a lot of stuff there. I was enjoying I'm enjoying this way more than Dark Cloud 2. I will say that you don't have to play the first one to play the second one. I'll throw that one out there. I don't know how much the actual story is tied to it if at all, but I am not seeing anything in two that's like, woo, glad I glad I played the first one. You can play it independent. Uh, I've heard people say great things about this game, and I do see the good qualities of the game, again, especially as an improvement over Dark Cloud 1. But I've heard people say some pretty extreme shit that I would not say. One uh, Super Derek RPG has quoted this as, uh, I was, I, I I never thought I'd say this, but this game is better than Kingdom Hearts or Kingdom Hearts Two, and I'm like, whoa, no, <laughs> oh, whoa, Derek, you, whoa, man, you, because <laughs> uh, it it actually has some traits that dark uh, that Kingdom Hearts does as well, like <laughs> your battle Souls tactics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good God, as Kingdom Hearts has has nothing like Dark Souls. I'm sorry. Uh, your general attack, you know, you can lock onto an enemy and you swing this big weapon around in, in a mild combo, kind of like Kingdom Hearts. But Kingdom Hearts lock on was way better. The combat in Kingdom Hearts is way better. It even has the, the, uh, thing that I love, which I told you in the audience as well. I, I love about Kingdom Hearts is you kill an enemy and shit flies everywhere and you have to go pick it up. That's also in this game. Uh, health and weapon upgrade points and items drop from enemies and you can go round it up. But comparing this to Kingdom Hearts, you can kind of see some, some, some similarities, but better? No. <laughs> not, not, the 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 fluidity of the story in dark it god it, dark cloud 2 is better but eh. the writing in dark cloud 2 is kind of a negative it's very clunky at times but it's all voice acted and voice acted well enough i picked out liam o'brien i picked out that son of a bitch <laughs> so uh, for a game to try, for a game to recommend, sure. Mm-hmm. I just just need to stress to anybody that will play this game, 
you're not going to stop having new systems involved, and some of which are tied to the main story narrative until probably a good five, ten hours into the game. Like, just when you think you're already managing everything, mm-hmm. they throw golf at you. And you're like, what? <laughs> nah. And it's like, no, 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 it's optional. We want you to do it for this one story mission, but if you do want to keep doing this, you can do it and get more items and get better upgrades. Just saying. You're like, man, what else? Are you going to fucking throw a cart racer at me next? Like, what's next? <laughs> so that's that. The last game, Chris. Okay. Last game I'm working on, man. I'm, I'm sure you knew this was coming sooner or later. Been working on Persona 3. Yeah. So, I started Persona 3 a couple weeks ago. I don't I don't know if I mentioned it. Yeah. I may have. I think I think I did. I think I talked about how it's not grab it hadn't grabbed me yet. Right. This is the game that I was talking about earlier where yep, I started I picked it back up this morning. Sometime around 6 o'clock this morning. And the next person I talked to, I went through a couple paragraphs of dialogue and then went into basically the dungeon area and then all (laughs) shit kicked off. And I was like, fucking damn it. This is my curse. It's like, I just, it's, it literally is a curse, Chris. If you think about it, if I just keep playing a game, what if I don't like it? You know, I can't, I can't be bothered to play a game for five hours waiting for a hook. It just so happens that I keep playing these games and stopping it right before the good part. Yeah. So playing through Persona, Persona 3, I'm probably five ish hours into the game. I have got to the point where I can go into the first dungeon area and I've made it 10 floors up. Which is a lot, I know, but I've, mm, so remember I was talking about Persona 4 and how Persona 4 has that card swapping thing where it's like it shuffles the cards around. They, I don't know if, I, I don't know if it started in Persona 3, but it's, it is, I'm saying back, but it's also in Persona 3. So every now and again, it feels like every other battle so far, uh, you will have cards that will show up. They'll flip the cards over and they'll say, hey, here's a persona. And in this one, there's a persona and here's an icon and an icon and an icon and another persona. They flip the cards over and they shuffle them around and you just follow them with your, with your eyes. I've only had one so far where they were like, Wheel! and I was like, right, I can't. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But they shuffle the cards. You pick a card up and then you get whatever's there. What I've noticed in this one that I don't remember being in Persona 4, if it's in Persona 4, please, well, actually me, I don't give a fuck. But in Persona 3, it's been Persona cards, which, of course, you flip them over and you get them, you get the Persona the card was. But they also have like status uh, they'll have status improvements. Like you will, you get a full health. Like all your party recovered all their health. It'll be a weapon where you just get a weapon. Uh, all that. And I've gotten so every other battle I've been in, I've got these cards. And every other one of those, the option has been full health. So I've been babying the shit out of my SP and just have been having my health restored like every fifth to eighth battle. So I've made it way into this dungeon. I've already got quite a few levels and have leveled my personas quite a, quite a, quite a level, quite a few levels. And I'm into it. This, this seems like this is the game that I'm, I'm going to be stuck on for a good while. Uh, let's see. All, all the shit that I know from persona and love is here. 
you go into dungeons and you crawl through them and you go as far as you can and then you back out you spend days doing social links you find personas via that that card system this is uh this is something that one of the many things that i'm loving so much about persona 5 is how you gain personas in persona 5 in persona 3 and seemingly persona 4 as well the only way you get them is if there are if those card chances happen at the end of the battles and then it's only if you get that card so a lot of randomness to it but you get personas and you can level them and your social links tie into your personas it's all there all the shit you know the having the stats there's charm and i think charm and strength and i forget the other two there's only four stats to worry about in this game and the same thing man you go to you do different things throughout the city or you talk to different people or you read books or do whatever and you increase those stats uh it did take a, a a little bit for me to I say a little bit, man, but it I think it was just the fact that I only played it for like an hour at a time over the span of a few days. So I I feel like it took a little bit longer for the hook to get in there. But honestly, there was stuff like the game kicks off with what's going on? It's just not pushed in your face mm-hmm. until the sh- when the shit hits the fan, then you know something's going on. But I'm trying to think, trying to think anything else. Uh, typical stuff, man. There's a weapon shop. There's an item shop. There's the, 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 you can I can see how the game improved from five to four and now from four to three. Uh, I don't know, Chris, if I'll ever get around to playing two and one from what I've seen from Persona retrospectives. It seems like one and two are so fastly different yeah (laughs) you definitely get a feel that when persona 3 came around that this was like a new thing and they rode this train and they rode it through persona 4 and then they took it all the way even further in persona 5 chris i'm gonna stop and take a minute here okay bruh persona 6 what (laughs) is this game what is this game gonna be like man because they have streamlined that system. When I, I the the less so it feels like if I'm using Persona Five as a hundred percent measuring stick, mm-hmm. that I feel like there was maybe eighty to seventy to eighty percent of that stuff that you could do in Persona Four. Persona Three, mind you, I'm way early in the game. Persona Three feels like maybe about sixty to fifty percent. So I see how they just piled more and more, kind of like the Dark Cloud 2 thing I just talked about. They just piled more and more stuff to do. I remember being in Persona 5 many times going, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I have five options to do. I don't know which one I want to do. I don't know. Persona 4, I always felt like I, f- felt like I had a pretty good plan. I felt like I hit that stride early on. That could also be from me playing Persona 5 and knowing how the game works, but... I felt so overwhelmed in Persona 5 several times. Four and three so far, I'm like, I got this shit. I got it. And it makes me think about Persona 6. Like, can you imagine if they just add... Imagine imagine for a minute, if you will, Chris. Imagine if they Mm -hmm. just doubled the social links. That (laughs) alone. That's, That's like 16 more people that require 10 ranks of social interactability. 
Mm-hmm. Imagine if they said, oh, you don't have five uh, traits. Now you have eight. It's just all they have to do to these games is just bloat them. I wonder what critical level it will come to where it would be like, all right, I that's too much. But I think then all they'd have to do is just extend the time. Instead of it being a year, make it two. Is, is that too much? I don't know. I would have kept going through Persona 5 if there was sure. more. Yeah. If if Persona 5 pulled a Castlevania Symphony of the Night and flipped its fucking game on its head and said there's another year, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I I can't believe, man. If you had talked to me five years ago about Persona, I would have been indifferent. I had no idea. And now I am now eager seeing this game progress through this series now and just falling so hard i bought another persona 5 shirt by the way but (laughs) falling so hardcore in love with persona 5 i'm eager for persona 6 Mm -hmm. i am now going to be watching the media going i wonder when it's coming anybody any any persona 6 news any 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 (laughs) but yeah so i'm playing through persona 3 now very very early on i I'm trying to figure out so far how it seems like I'm just being pushed into the dungeon that I'm going through. And I don't know what the narrative reason for me being is. I do get kind of a Ghostbuster aspect to it where like they want me to go into this dungeon and kill enemies. But that's not the way it was in Persona 5. Persona 5, the palaces had a narrative driven reason why you were going into them. Right. Same thing with Persona 4. There were narratively driven reasons why you were going through the catacombs. Maybe I missed some dialogue. I don't think I did, but they keep, I'm already at that stage where I'm doing shit in the day and I'm going back to my dorm in the afternoon. They're like, Hey, you want to go to the dungeon? And I'm like, yeah, but. I mean, am I on a deadline? Is there is that deadline thing there? Or you just want to go in there and level up? Like, why are you making me go there? Right. And maybe that will come. Maybe that will come over time. Uh, it, we'll, we'll see. All in all, I feel like Persona, of all the games I'm playing, and you know what, Chris? I'm probably forgetting another one or two, honestly. But of all the games I've been playing right now, as of today, it's Persona did its business, man. It got its fucking hooks in me. And and here I go <laughs> down the road, see where that game will lead me. Yeah. yeah, man, I totally fucking bought another Persona 5 shirt. I bought the one that has, it's got the nine picture frames on the front, and it's got like the silhouettes of all the characters with a black background. I don't know if gotcha. you've seen that, but nope. I, I love that shirt. I've seen it on Easy Allies. Oh, God. Almost forgot before I shut my week off. Okay. Uh, I made a I made a big to do about this on the end of time. Well, not a I posted it. That's not really a big to do, but I did link the Easy Allies did their seventh uh, inaugural uh, Hall of the Greats episode came out this week. Uh, I keep pushing the Easy Allies. I, I feel like I push them more than I push our own fucking podcast. But I love these guys. I love the content they put out. And honestly, this is a this is a concept I would love to leech straight off of them if we had more people. But they basically do it's it's a big to do with these guys. It's about a three hour episode, if not more. Every time they do it, they do it every three months in the year, and every individual person nominates a game that they feel is like the greatest of all time and they're trying to basically make a, a what their easy allies hall of greats 
everybody gets to vote a game in, and then at the end, after the deliberation, they have they they present the games. There's deliberation where they their their game gets kind of shot down, and they you know, hey, why do you think this game should be in here? Like mm-hmm. yada yada yada. At the end, they vote, and then the top two games get into their hall of greats. I love this series. I love a lot of content the Easy Allies does, but I was super fucking excited because this kind of even though it's every three months it kind of hit me out of nowhere so i watched that whole thing i'm actually going i'm going back to the series and watching all the old hall of greats too and uh i know we here uh topical we here at the end of time cast do our own game of the year but i think this is also a great thing because uh it's just it's just Anything where people get together and say, this is why we as a collective think a game deserves praise is awesome. So if you haven't already audienced, uh, check out Easy Allies. They got a lot of great content. They got a podcast. They do all kind of shows. And uh, I think, this, again, this is their seventh Hall of Greats. Uh, it's good stuff. It's good content. I think, yeah, I think that's it. I all think right. I'm good. Chris. Whew. Yeah. Sorry I took the stage, man, but it's all you. It's all good. So before I get into my actual week, I did pull up, uh, did a search on my Facebook feed. So in Diablo 3, according to the last screenshot I posted, I played it for 37 hours, and I have a level 62 Demon Hunter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, This was from July of 2014, so it's been a while. Uh, I don't even have the game installed anymore. Wow. Um, but I enjoyed it when I played it. See that? I'm totally not going to take your week, man. But that's, that's, uh, you just brought that up. And I think that's the main thing that I heard from most people that, that it seemed like this game came out. And even, even when, when the expansion or whatever came out, and this game was like, guys, Diablo 3, it was mm-hmm. hot for a month or two, and then it fucking disappeared. Like people beat it, they put a lot of time into it, gone. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, a game doesn't have to be replayed every other month, but yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not exactly sure why I stopped playing. Based on my posts, I was still doing my college stuff then, so that probably had something to do with it. But, uh, I mean, I, I it's been so long now. I can't remember very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but on to my week. So... I don't actually have a lot of gameplay time this week. I have a total of roughly 17 hours worth of gameplay this week, mm-hmm. um, which is not a lot for me, uh, especially with the weekend in there, you know. Uh, and that is because, aside from one work going crazy, uh, we recorded Saturday, didn't we? This was the Saturday we recorded? Yeah. yeah. Recording on Saturday through my schedule off as well, and D&D. I finally uh, got my group uh, last week out of the capital that they've been in for a while now. I finally Mm -hmm. got a hook in there, a way to get them out, and, you know, moving on with story stuff and more of the world. Uh, So I was... Neck deep in my spreadsheets, Chrome tabs, and Word doc, you know, with all my lore stuff and building out uh, the next city. And of course, in typical, you know, D&D fashion, you know, I, I put in a counter on the road there 
to the next city they're going to. And instead of progressing to a city, they're now chasing uh, NPC. So, hmm. all right, I guess my planning, my hours and hours of planning will wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's typical, but it's I'm I'm really really excited for the uh, upcoming stuff. I hope uh, hope it turns out as well as I'm expecting. I've been I've been doing a lot of winging it in the campaign lately, uh, mm-hmm. uh, partly because. The players are often, you know, uh, unpredictable at times, <laughs> as it goes. Um, mm-hmm. But also because I was kind of stumped for a bit there. Uh, essentially, you know, writer's block, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of let things play out and uh, kind of let the characters drive the story the in- entirely instead of, you know, uh, pushing stuff on and add in a couple of hooks here and there so I could associate stuff, but... Aside from that, I was doing a whole lot of winging it, but now I'm actually back in the full swing of planning and uh, building stuff. So I'm really excited for that. Um, what I did play, and not to, you know, uh, get off my normal routine uh, for a video game, start with Destiny 2 segment. You, Destiny 2? Yeah. Oh. So I only played seven hours. Um and I wasn't actually going to play it very much last week, or this last week, I should say. But uh, over the weekend, there was a double or triple, uh, what do they call them? The Crucible ranking system. Uh, Valor, I think, is the right one. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was also Iron Banner. So grinding out Iron Banner, plus getting you know extra Valor points, which are you know unlock stuff as you progress through the levels. Uh, I was like, all right, I'll play. And I did that, plus worked on some more of the story stuff. Um, Apparently, I was reading on Reddit earlier and a little bit yesterday, and apparently there's a dungeon I haven't even seen yet, and Mm. it's something that can be done solo. Um, So PvE solo sounds great to me, so I can't wait to get there. But I have so many other things to play right now. Um, I needed to pick up... Uh, what was the game I was playing recently? Oh, Tomb Raider. I needed to pick that back up as I flipped mm-hmm. through my notebook pages. And I needed to go back to uh, Yakuza 0. Mm-hmm. I think those are the main two I need to go back to. Um, the other games I've played recently are kind of in-between games, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, they're not compelling. Like, Two Point Hospital, it's not a story-based game. You know, it's a casual play when you have time and don't feel like playing something else type game. Um, yeah. So that's still installed and on my list of games to play if I ever get to the point where I don't know what to play again, um, which <laughs> I don't see happening anytime soon. Um the other game, I started a new game when I shouldn't have, but I don't know why I couldn't help it. I just had to go out and do it. Um, I went and bought uh, Val- Valkyria Chronicles 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I read somewhere that it is supposedly based in the same timeline as uh, the first one, mm-hmm. which I have not beat. Um I got sidetracked with other games, of course, and it wasn't really pulling me in overall. 
Um, I was enjoying it, but I didn't have a hook, you know, for me to just keep playing over other games. Uh, but I picked up four anyway. And mechanically, it is, <laughs> it is very, very similar, if not near identical to Valkyria Chronicles, uh, hmm. which isn't a bad thing. Um, they're probably, if I really sat down and compared them side by side, I'm sure there are some quality of life things that I'm not even noticing changed. Um, I think, I don't know. Well, so the base system, the, uh, the command center, whatever it's called, uh, is still there, still functions the exact same way. Uh, upgrades work the same way. Leveling works the same way. However, the story in this one is grabbing me more than Valkyria Chronicles did. Really? Um, I don't know why. I actually, and this may be part of the problem, I have a hard time remembering most of the story from Valkyria Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Um, But for, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot more. I put nine and a half hours into it. Um, I think I'm halfway through chapter four right now. Uh, So I'm making a pretty good pace this time. Uh, and that may have been one of the issues of Valkyria Chronicles. I didn't know ex- as much what I was doing then. So it was a little bit of a rougher start. Um, skirmishes, I did notice they don't unlock as many at once as uh, Valkyria Chronicles did. So you don't get into that well. Okay, I have all of these skirmishes unlocked, but I can't beat any of them but one, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not annoyed by having things in my book I can't beat. Um, I think... There's some, I don't think it's new. I think the way it's presented might be new, but there are side stories that involve particular characters. Um, Like talking about their backstory and stuff. It'll give essentially like a flashback and a a encounter to beat, an actual playable encounter to beat in the midst of the flashback stuff. Uh, Just basically showing the history behind the characters because you know they all have the yeah they like this person and this person so putting them in the group is better for synergy um but if you do that enough you actually unlock these side stories with those characters and um i've only done one of them i have a second available but i haven't done it yet uh because it just unlocked for me but Mm -hmm. uh i i could only play those three characters in the mission i played and it wasn't it, it was rough, but that was because of my poor decision-making. Um, mm-hmm. So it seems like it's not some, you know, hard thing like some of the skirmishes were in one. Uh, yeah. Not that it's a skirmish, so it doesn't really count, but you still get experience for it <laughs> and money, uh, even though it's a flashback mission. But I'm not going to complain. Um, I'm having fun with it, uh, and I'll probably keep playing it um until oh god odyssey comes out tuesday um yep yeah that is a second so what i was telling you about Mega Man 11 it's the same day <laughs> mm. uh, next week well we'll know we know what you'll be playing and we know what i'll be playing so. yeah next week's gonna be interesting um i know adam had brought up the pathfinder kingmaker game i almost bought it as well I was looking between Valkyria Chronicles and it, and I went with Valkyria Chronicles uh, for no particular reason other than 
I knew more what to expect from Valkyria Chronicles, uh, having played the first one. Right. And I, I actually own probably several of the, uh, that style of game as Pathfinder Kingmaker is, but I haven't played them. So I don't know how much I would enjoy it. Um, so I felt like Valkyria Chronicles is probably a safer bet. Uh, but I have been watching some, uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker and it looks interesting. Um, for those that are looking to play, and I, uh, I need to remember to tell Adam this if he doesn't, uh, listen to the episode, which apparently Scumbag doesn't listen to every episode. Uh, but, uh, the harder difficulties are ridiculously hard because of the way they do the scaling and stuff. Um, <laughs> in fact, the hardest difficulty is actually called unfair. That's how bad it is. Wow. Um, but I think based on what I'm seeing, if I play through it, this isn't going to be one I play through on hard. I'll just play through it on normal. Um, mm-hmm. cause, and that seems like the most authentic uh, tabletop experience anyway. Um, and the one most well-balanced, uh, because essentially what it sounds like they did in the uh, harder difficulties is they upped the AC of everything as well as upping the damage they do. Um, so there are things you may need like a 20 to hit, but you've only got like a plus two. So you have very little chance of hitting, you know, um, or something like that. It's pretty bad. Um, and of course, everything has a super high chance of hitting you. So you can get one shot even on non-crits by certain enemies. Uh, just completely ridiculous. So I'll be playing on normal. <laughs> <laughs> when I do play it eventually. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to mention, I forgot about earlier in the news. We kind of moved on from it. Uh, not really news, but Jurassic World Evolution put out a huge game update about a week and a half ago to two weeks really? ago. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like they fixed a lot of the issues the game had. And they also added a new challenge mode, which is essentially start with less resources uh, and then build up towards certain objectives. Uh, not sure what all that entails yet. I just saw this earlier when my uh, game had a one gig download, which is unrelated. Oh, wow. <laughs> Apparently, the one gig download today is a small patch for hot fixes. Small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> games have gotten bigger. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. One gig for a small patch. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see if they release some full patch notes for today, because uh, when I checked, literally all the posts said from the dev was it was <laughs> uh, hot fixes, um, which for that game isn't surprising. Uh, well, I guess if they had the big patch a couple weeks ago, you know maybe this is the hot fix to p- fix the you know new features and stuff they changed in the big patch a couple weeks ago. Uh, this just dropped the thing today. This hot fix patch. Um, but mm. I'm glad to see they're, you know, fixing all these issues because they said they were and, you know, nobody doubted them. But it's nice to actually see the patches land, the game get updated. And I have no idea when I'll get back to the game to check it out. But now I have more of a reason to do so. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for me. Oh, wow. So busy with work. It's it's ridiculous. I've got a deadline for tomorrow for a bunch of stuff. And, you know, I, I we were going to start early today and 
you know, one of the reasons I wasn't able to was because I was still on our uh, messenger thing we use and still responding to messages, logging into servers, doing all this stuff. I just, yeah. It's totally fine. It just happens to be, and, and this will apparently will be me for the next couple of weeks. I was just off today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you wanted to get it knocked out early, it was, it yeah. was fine. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a demand thing. Yep. Well, time to move into, oh man, the topic of the week. So as the title will tell everyone, no mm-hmm. surprise here, it's about that time <laughs> anyway. It's time for the end of time cast game of the year for 1994. This is a prime example of how bad my memory is, Chris. Okay. When I went to go compile the list <laughs> for my nominees, I was like, oh, <laughs> when we just did this, like what, a month ago, three weeks ago, uh, we just yeah. went over the, we just reviewed the year. And I've already had the mental, oh, man, there's some heavy hitters in here. And I'm making a list, and I go, oh, man, there's some heavy hitters in here. <laughs> oh, man. And, however, all that being said, another banner year for video games. This mm-hmm. year right here, this is going to be a hard contender whenever we do a future episode uh, on... I guess spoilers, why the fuck not? We plan on doing an episode sometime in the future where we're going to go through, if we can, we'll have a we'll have a roundtable discussion, at least me and Chris will, uh, if not me, Chris and Adam, about doing 1980. But we definitely want to do one, we want to do a year of the decade, not mm-hmm. a game of the year, just what we think is the, the hottest shit, white hot year of a decade for the 90s and the 2000s. Uh, and depending on how long we go and depending on how far it's pushed out, maybe we'll get to finally do the 2010s. Yeah, uh, some pretty close. Sometime already. after 2020. <laughs> yeah. So for those uh, that if this is your first time, welcome to the End of Time cast. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, but we do this uh, fairly often, uh, Chris and I, and if we can, Adam as well. But the, the End of Time cast, we go through, we've been going through every year systematically, year by year. And we've been talking about games that have been coming out. We're trying to talk uh, just just general gaming news period, like company openings, company shutdowns, uh, consoles that get released, but mainly revolves around what we consider notable game releases, be they super popular, just known, like Street Fighter 4, or if it's something that we, it's a game that we just want to mention, like Mega Man X2. Uh, after that, we do what's called the End of the Timecast Game of the Year. Now, we on this podcast individually will do episodes where, say, like the Super Nintendo, we have a top X amount of games for the Super Nintendo, top X amount of games for the N64. Those are individual lists. Those are me and Chris, and if we can, Adam, or maybe even guests in the future, who knows, where we take our individual opinions and say, like, these are the top 10 Game Boy Advance games. This is Chris's list, and this is my list. Whether they match up doesn't matter. It's not even a competition. It's just what we think is individual list. The Game of the Years, however, that is the end of time cast. That's the two or three or whatever of us coming together as a collective and saying that we 
deem this game to be the game of the year. Now, it just so happens that most of the time we tend to pick out a certain amount. Uh, we don't really have a set amount to go through. This year, I'll tell you, I honestly pushed a tenth one out. It was almost just going to be nine. There may be future episodes where we have to go through 15, maybe 20, who knows. But we don't really have a set number. It's just Chris going through the list of what we've already done and me going through the list of what we've already done, picking out games that we feel are the best of the best of that year, and in debating, deliberating amongst ourselves, friendly, mind you, what we determined to be the best game of that year. And we are now on uh, for episode 58. We're doing the In a Time Cast Game of the Year 1994. Oh, man. A lot of great games this year. We already know this uh, from doing the game, the year in review. But again, man, this is a banner year. This is a this is a what a year to be alive in gaming. This right here for me, Chris, this might be like the defining year for gaming. <laughs> I mean, the Super Nintendo is my favorite console of all, of all time. Mm-hmm. And like I say that hesitantly, Chris, because I didn't get to play everything when it came out. Like all these games that we mentioned, they came out this year, but I may not have played them till a year or two or five down the road. Who knows? But just oh, so many good games this year. All right. I'm stalling. I'm stalling. <laughs> We're going to get into this. So, uh, Chris and I have a a list up that we see you guys can't. We're just going to run through it verbally. Uh, We will eventually have a site, or maybe we'll put it on the Facebook page or something. We'll have all these lists all in order, but... uh, So, here we go. I'm just going to fucking move my mouse around, and I'm just going to click where I land. I landed on Killer Instinct for the arcade, so that's what we're going to put on here first. Definitely think that this game came uh, at a good time. I think this game deserves definitely a Game of the Year nomination because this was one of those games that... uh, This is another testament to the fighting genre. That's the way I feel about this game. This is another one of many, many fighting games that came out and were like, you know, we see the fighting formula... But we're just gonna kind of make it look, or 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 we're gonna make we're gonna make our own stamp on it. So, I mean, you had uh, Jago, true enough. You had some, you know, bipedal fighting humans, but there's a fucking dinosaur in here. There's a a fucking man on fire. There's a glacier man. There's a fucking two headed monster. I mean, there's all kind of th- this game has its own charm for sure. The added uh, the the two main things that people know from this game that that always will be remembered, I would say to the equivalent of the Hadouken and the finish him is and probably interchangeable. Chris, honestly, is combo breaker mm-hmm. and ultra combo. You know, yeah. fun fact: I didn't even know that ultimate combos were a thing until way. Way after this game was released, I didn't even know that was a thing. Because I mean, to me, ultra combo was the best you needed. I mean, a fucking forty-seven hit ultra combo—that's awesome. And they're like, no, nah, you do this other one where they hit you three times and he basically does a fatality. Like this game also had fatalities, but I didn't really care for those. I never wanted to see a fight end with any of the fatalities. Not one of them. I wanted them to end with an ultra combo. I wanted to see how far somebody could push that combo meter sure 
or that combo count. I'm re- I remember the first time that I saw somebody break, I say break loosely, but the first time I saw somebody break the ultra combo system, they were this is in the arcade at the at the local we'll say the country themed casino town here. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was playing Killer Instinct and man, Chris, there was like 30 people. I almost could not watch this guy. I was having to like get on my tiptoes and look over shoulders. I've rarely have come across that in arcades, but I mean, I've, I've, I've been over the shoulders of people to playing like Mortal Kombat. I've been over a few people, maybe a few people in uh, like X-Men Children of the Atom, but this was like, I had to fight people to see this. I was like, what the fuck are y'all watching? I know Killer Instinct's great, but what are you watching? And somebody had picked Killer Instinct. Somebody was playing Killer Instinct. They had picked Idol, and they beat the shit out of somebody as quick as they could. And they were basically doing a... The combo stopped at 99. Like, he kept hitting them, but the combo kept going. And all he was doing was hitting them up in the air. Like, they would... I think Mm -hmm. he would charge and or... Hit, use idols uh club to swing them up in the air and juggle them <laughs> and the combo ended when the timer stopped or like at the last second he would like let the he would let the guy drop finally mm-hmm. but and it's like 99 hit ultra combo that that for me was the first time i ever seen like so many people gathered around watching this and even all that aside gameplay is great the get the, this this fighting game is very very solid. It's got unique characters, unique music, so much so that they they released this game with its own fucking soundtrack. When you could buy it for this for console version for the Super Nintendo, uh, I'm gonna say it holds up a bit to this day. But if it doesn't, this the uh, the remake slash sequel that they developed uh, 2016 is awesome. Mm-hmm. Killer Instinct is definitely a solid addition to the fighting scene as a whole. So much so, I I felt it deserved to be on the list. So fortunately for you, Killer Instinct, you just happen to be the first random pick. So uh, you just get to be on the list for now. I'll allow uh, it. We'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, Chris. Uh, pick one. All right. Uh, let's go with... You know, production note, you and I should figure out some way that we could randomize this part of it. You know, like, it's I don't mind us seeing it, but I wish we could... We need to find some way where we can maybe roll a dice or something and, and pick these randomly instead of being sure. like, I don't want to pick this game, but whatever. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. All right. Let's go with uh, one of our classic games. Let's go with Sonic 3. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, I tell you, this is honestly a toughie. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and, oh, I forgot to mention this, by the way, is uh, just notes to the audience. So what we're doing, we're putting this game on, we're putting these games on the list and we're basically one by one figuring out where we want to put them. Uh, so right now it's Killer Instinct versus Sonic Three. Which we, which do we think is better? Ah, man, they both have so many good things going for them on equal levels. The only big difference here is that one is a side-scrolling platformer and the other is a fighting game. I mm-hmm. think for their for their 
for their respective platforms and for their respective games, they both have solid graphics. Mm-hmm. I I would make strong arguments that the port to the Super Nintendo is great as well, but this is the arcade version, so we'll right. take it as it is. This is two, I mean, that's two graphic systems that, I mean, it's kind of unfair to compare them. I mean, mm-hmm. Killer Instinct has beautiful fucking graphics, but they're also upgraded graphics. Sonic Hedgehog 3 also has beautiful graphics. It's just on a lower bit style system. Sure. Graphics, good. Music, yeah. Both of them, every single stage, <laughs> that's... That terminology is true for both. Every stage is memorable. They all have very well produced music. Sound effects are solid. They're they're they fit whatever's going on. There's replay value in both of them. I've been through Sonic Three several times. I've been through Killer Instinct multiple times. I mean, there's more characters to play in Killer Instinct, but again, it's a fighting game, so that's that's not really fair. Huh. If you had them both in front of you, oh which one man, would you play? I know we. Oh, do we have to devolve <laughs> to that already? Yeah. Oh man. Totally. And I'm I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna leave this one up to you because I can go either way with Killer Instinct on there. I would put it above, but I can understand based on your talking about Killer Instinct why you would put it above Sonic. 3. Well, talk about talk. Let's blurb, let's blurb on Sonic for a minute. I mean, it's good to talk about Killer Instinct for a minute, but we mm-hmm. don't have to just fight these two together. So Sonic sure. 3, 16-bit console classic, mm-hmm. man. This is this is arguably, again, this is, for those that have listened to previous podcast episode. this is not my personal favorite Sonic the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. but do not, I mean, take that with a huge grain of salt. That's like a boulder of salt right there, because this game <laughs> is still great. It is memorable. Yeah. It it is the third step in the Sonic, we'll say the sixteen bit like upgrade of of their franchise. There's, you can see graphically and both in graphics and in sound design how they improved with this game. The additions they made to it. This game is great. This is a mm-hmm. this is a must play for the Genesis. And oh man. This, 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 <laughs> fuck, I'm, I'm stumped already. Uh, if I had them both in front of me right now. Oh, man. You know what I bet you do? I bet you'd play both of them. You pick one up for 10 minutes, play it, then pick up the other and play it, and I then go back. Would. <laughs> I certainly would, but unfortunately, the game of the year is not, it's not, uh, handshakey, lovey dovey. It's mm-hmm. somebody's gotta be, somebody's gotta come out on top. I gotta say, man, and this may be a testament to me as a gamer. This may this may just shed some light on me as a person. But if I had to play these two right now, oh god, Chris, this is so rough, man. Because okay, if I go through Sonic the Hedgehog three, mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog three has a save system as well. So if I make it three levels in, and I decide to quit, I can quit. Come back mm-hmm. later. Killer Instinct doesn't have that, and it's also, I mean, pretty much a fighter's mentality. You know, if I may, if I beat the seven stages, then beat Spinal, and then beat Idol, I'm done with the game. Right. Unless I want to go play with another character. I, I, I did play Killer Instinct. I mentioned this before as well. 
the console version, mind you, I played the Super Nintendo of Killer Inst- version of Killer Instinct way more than I've ever played any other fighting game. I'm talking more than Soul Calibur 2, definitely more than any like Street Fighter game. But just playing single player of Killer Instinct, I played that way more than that, that's that's the most played I've ever played a fighting game before. <sighs> I mean, I'm almost to the point of going back to my everyday carry box and grabbing my Mega Man coin and flipping <laughs> for this, but I've never done that, and I don't, I don't choose to do that right now. All right, I, f- I, f- go ahead. Here's an offer. Do you want to table this one until we have more options on the board to compare it to? No, I'm no. no. I feel like I'm leaning Sonic the Hedgehog three. I, uh, yeah, I'm feeling Sonic the Hedgehog three. I think the. Just the fact that there are multiple levels and I can save and the the draw for that game is going to be the fun, the music, the, the, the platforming, which I love. The draw for Killer Instinct is still going to be learning fighting mechanics and mm-hmm. I'm more of a fan of platforming than I am of Killer Instinct, yeah. uh, than, than, uh, than fighting game mechanics. Yeah, I... Uh, I- I'm sure I played Killer Instinct in an arcade once or twice. Uh, most of my experience with that is with the 64 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend that gold. had that. Yes. I had a friend that had that, and we played it some. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was never a big fighting game. Even for me, while I'm not a huge fighting game fan in general, I played way more Mortal Kombat, and I played way more Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! I just, I just kind of want to move on because I feel dirty, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pick something else. Uh, well, you uh, t- and honestly, uh, that was a that was a that was a bat swing right there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna swing one right back. Let me let's go with uh, let's go with Donkey Kong Country. Okay. Uh, platformer for the Super Nintendo. Right off the bat, for anybody that saw commercials or any kind of gameplay, maybe even pictures, I'd say, right off the bat, the graphics of this game are going to blow your mind. When you look at 16-bit sprite graphics of this era, I mean, even when you think of basic games like Super Mario World, Mm -hmm. beautiful game, uh, expertly designed all the way around, and designed to be uh, just, just visually appealing. When you saw Donkey Kong Country with this 3D sprite-ish look, oh, yeah. it, it, that right there was a draw. That automatically was a, they can look like that? Wow, that's awesome. So if you were lured into this game, like I was, from just <laughs> the looks, just the curiosity of a looks. I, uh, th- so this game for me, I rented this when I would go visit our grandmother and, so, you know, it was dropping two. This is when trying games was nothing. It just, mm-hmm. you dro- I dropped two bucks. I had a game for four to six days. And if I didn't like it, pff, I was out with $2. Yeah. I saw this cover. I may or may not have a, have seen it in magazines, but just the graphics was like, mm, I just want to know what this plays like. This looks different. Got the game, brought it back, and was immediately hooked in. Mm-hmm. The platforming in this game is is unparalleled. This is a 
This is a platforming concept that is carried over to this day. The Donkey Kong Country series is still going on to this day. It has yep. a uh, Tropical Freeze is getting its port over to the Switch, and I, I'm just I'm gonna predict that another one's coming out like that. They're not gonna drop this IP, and they shouldn't. They just keep improving on it, and they keep making it so solid and so tight. But we're not talking about the pre the 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 sequels. We're talking about this one. So one right off the bat, the graphics are gonna are gonna be just they're outstanding. From from Donkey Kong to Diddy Kong to the level the level graphics, the bosses, all the way around. It it all has this pseudo three D aesthetic, and it all works so well. The platforming itself, for for again for a three D style game. The jumping, the swinging, the platforming, the, the the double jumping, the tag team action, all this stuff, so tight. Yep. There, the level of secrets in this game is also good. You have a actual percentage counter, so you can see how much more shit you need to find in the levels. I if if I had to gripe, I would say the the one of the let me let me think before I say that correctly. <laughs> I'm going to say two minor gripes, minor, as in like they did not, they didn't come to breath of making me stop playing the game. Like they're just, they're, they're literal nitpicks. One is that most of the bosses in this game, not that difficult. They're fairly simplistic. Uh, Take a nutty, nutty, the, the fucking... Well, the vulture, I guess he—I forget his name—but I mean, mm-hmm. you—he—he he squawks, he throws a—he throws this a fucking giant, uh, like some kind of nut at you. You dodge, and then you bounce on his head. You do that three or four times, he's dead. It's really simplistic. I say this because there, as you progress through this game, the level design warrants more difficulty. Like the level design yeah. gets the levels get more difficult as you go, especially when you toss in secrets and getting to those secrets. You're going to have a lot of precision timing in these games when it comes to jumping and terrain navigation. And again, as the sequels came out, this got this was more prevalent. Like they 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 really wanted to make sure that the difficulty in this game was the platforming. And that, and mm-hmm. that's great. But when you go from, you know, when you're three, we'll say, uh, areas in and you're doing very precise jumps to make this shit happen and you're just having a blast and you get to a boss and it's like, it's just nothing. It's, that's kind of a detraction. The King K rule fight at the end of the game, uh, spoilers, I guess you fight King K <laughs> rule in the game it came from, uh, that was probably the, of this game was probably the best fight of any of them. The other ones were fairly simplistic. Other small nitpick would be the, the, uh, mini games were awesome, but there were some where like there was a, there were secret areas where they had, there were, uh, something I haven't even talked about yet. The rideable animals that you can get, yeah. the rideable partners, awesome mechanic. You can fight, you can ride a rhino that will run through the level and literally just one shot kill enemies. And he can run into secret, uh, walls and bust them open for you. But 
there were some secret areas that if you that would make you find these uh, golden little versions of those icons, and you had to collect like a certain number of them, and fairly simplistic. I mean, you're you're going left to right and just for the for the coin collecting mentality, it fills your brain with 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 dopamine, but mm-hmm. it's kind of simplistic. Instead of timing your jumps to line up letters or whatnot, you're just going left to right and grabbing a bunch of shit. Again. Very minor nitpicks. They they take away almost nothing from this game because everything else in this game is so fun. It's so engaging. The music fits its theme perfectly. The controls are tight. The graphics are awesome. Music's good. Gameplay's solid. It's all around a solid game. Definitely yeah, worthy absolutely. of being. Definitely worthy of being being on a top whatever list. Um. Chris, any 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 good words that I didn't say about Donkey Kong Country? I think you covered about all of it. <laughs> cool. Uh, where this game sits, this is honestly a pretty hands down one from yeah yeah. Go ahead and put <laughs> Donkey Kong Country right above Killer Instinct and Sonic the Hedgehog three. Yeah, um, easily. I I I I would go back and play Donkey Kong Country right this minute. I play Killer Absolutely. Instinct as as well but i man i'd I'd play i'd play dkc over it now the 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 actual fight the legitimate fight would be between dkc and and sonic 3 the problem with sonic 3 is that there are a a few levels there there's still some of that sonic itis that Mm -hmm. it's it's so funny how many people don't talk about that shit like i feel like i have to go outside of general talk to get people to admit this stuff where you can go back to Sonic 1 and look, you go through the first couple levels and it's 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 left to right fucking flash running. It's the second or third it's the third or fourth level where it's very stop. Stop do jumps very slow. There are yeah. levels like that in Sonic 3. Uh, not everything in Sonic 3 is the absolute most fun. There are cool things in Sonic 3 and it was definitely a they were definitely going for that rad attitude. Fuck, there's like a snowboarding mini cutscene-ish thing in Sonic 3. That's cool. <laughs> but if I wanted to if I wanted to go back and play a game, I definitely got more. I mean, you you get more with DKC. Yeah. There's God, like what, 70, 60, 70, 80 something levels in DKC? Sonic Hedgehog oh, that's 3. That's a good question. Yeah, Sonic 3 has, I want to say like 12, 13. So, more gameplay. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd go back to DKC, no problem at all. Yeah, I think it's looking back at Super Nintendo, aside from talking about, you know, the typical sprite graphics like we do. I can't think of a game that aged as well. Yeah. It is ridiculous how much they did back then. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, now the fight's over. I, I personally take DKC, DKC2 over the first one. But again, that's not a detraction. That's not saying DKC one's bad. It's just I prefer that one. And the only sure. gripe I had about the third one was I didn't really like the design of the Kremlings. But 
if I'm taking the game for the game, it's still got the it's still got the nice graphics, it's still got the great control, and they are so many games into this series now, especially with the two latest ones, the one for the Wii, the the Returns and Tropical Freeze. I mean, they can just keep this ball rolling as long yeah. as they keep that good tight control. This is this is this is premier platforming at its best. Yep. All right, so we got Killer Instinct on the bottom, Sonic Three, and Donkey Kong Country above those two. What's the next one we're gonna chalk up, Chris? All right, let's let's go to uh, what I imagine will be an easier one: uh, Disney's Aladdin. Yeah, I don't remember. Not that it matters, but mm-hmm. just for specificity, was this this is the Genesis version? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't know if I play the Genesis version. Honestly, I think I only no, I did. I'm sorry, I did. I think I played both in my lifetime, but I, I I don't know if I have really had a preference over the two. I think that's usually a big debate around the Disney Aladdin uh, audience. Something about I think Disney's Aladdin for the Genesis he had a sword, and for the SNES one he didn't. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know, but I think also the music, I think the music gets, gets, gets shat on the SNES version in any event. I go to Disney's Aladdin because it's a, it's a fun platformer. That's, that's what this game is about to me. It's jumping. It's about having the, the poles sticking uh, horizontally out of a wall and him using those to swing around on. It's, hold on. Hold on. We have to, uh, we have to fix something. Okay. The uh, so the 1994 game mm-hmm. was the Game Gear version. Oh boy! The other two were in '93. Oh boy! Well, <laughs> Disney's Aladdin. I've got to say, unfortunately, man. <laughs> Well, thanks for... Hey, you know what, Chris? You did that, though. Nobody else did yet. You will actually <laughs> that episode from like a month ago. So uh, we're going to go ahead and strike Disney's Aladdin for the Game Gear from that yep. list because I'm pretty sure, one, neither one of us has played that, and two... Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking at these top weight contenders, there's no... Sorry. And I don't think, uh, I mean, I'm just browsing through again real quick. I don't think there's anyone else that I, I mean, maybe Super Punch-Out, but I don't think Super Punch-Out got near the respect that it should. It definitely got more play from me than I've heard any other other friend talk about it, but eh. I don't want to put something on the top 10 just to put, or the the countdown just to put it on there. So, Mm -hmm. uh, can you... Pick another one. I think I see one that you might pick, but pick another one. Um, just because I'm curious, and I want to see how this fight goes. Uh, let's go Super Street Fighter Two Turbo below Killer Instinct. Okay. <laughs> so excellent. So okay. Okay. That's exactly I where will, I put it. <laughs> I okay. I will admit that I put this is one of those we, we've made this distinction before, 
but we don't always go over games just because we've played them and we love them. Street Fighter is a fucking phenomenon. Whatever year that these games come out, I feel it's important to bring them up. I mean, same thing with Killer Instinct. Whatever year Mortal Kombat 3 is going to come out, though I only play Mortal Kombat 3 like four times, we're going to talk about it because it's a fucking Mortal Kombat game. Mm -hmm. They're pretty big. I felt that it deserved some kind of nomination on this Game of the Year list just because Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo is a phenomenon, and it's especially the arcade version. Uh, but did I think it could hold a contender to the top? No, no, no. I'll, I'll wholeheartedly admit that this is kind of a, a kind of a filler game. I honestly, I couldn't even tell you what the big difference is between Super Street Fighter Two and Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, other than apparently the obvious, which maybe the game is sped up. Yeah, it may it's have faster. like, <laughs> yeah, it it may have the stars that let you control the speed of the game, but it. I would imagine that most, like most Super Street Fighter 2s, it has the four new characters, uh, Cammy and, uh, oh shit. I just put myself out there. I was like, here comes the four characters and I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It was Cammy, T-Hawk, uh, uh, Bruce Lee and <laughs> Wooly from Two Best Friends. Uh, moving on. So, the, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, but I'm sorry if I, hands down, all you gotta tell me is I can go to an arcade and play Killer Instinct. I don't even need, I don't even care that Street Fighter Two Turbo is there. Like, uh, sorry. There so, are there are minor changes. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, give us some trivia with mechanics. Uh, I'm just I was trying to look and see what those names were just so I could help you out. But it mentioned an example of like uh, Sagat can cancel his light kick mm -hmm. into a special move. Ah, okay. Don't know what most of that means aside from <laughs> light kick and special. Mm -hmm. But cool. So there were some minor mechanic changes, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and that's it, it, going to happen. I mean, that, that still happens to this day. Now it seems to happen more with you know, like patches and whatnot, but you know, the, the, the gaming audience will speak out and they will fix it. And it just so happens to get a whole entire new game release. It's amazing what we spent our money on back then, you know, yeah. or, well, I say people, uh, so, yeah, and the I, other two were, were DJ and Faye Long, by the way. Yes. Okay. I had to look it up. I can't believe I had to look <laughs> that up. I know those, I swear I know those names, but <laughs> apparently yeah, I know Glacius uh, and Saber Wolf way more. Even though I played a lot of Street Fighter, um, it wasn't this game in the arcade. Um, I played on Sega Genesis and then PlayStation, I believe, later on. Yeah. Um, this one, I kind of dropped to the bottom of the list because even if it was a, you know, arcade phenomenon, it's another Street Fighter game. Yeah. There's going to be yeah. tons more. I just, yeah, I, I can't really justify top you know throwing up a list every time when minor differences right right and i i just have so little it's the the large fighting game landscape i respect and i think it's so cool i will totally watch tournaments i'll watch evo i'll watch the, i'll watch the top 10 i'll watch all that stuff i think it's awesome 
but I have so little knowledge of these large games to tell you these intricate details. Like, I don't know the big differences between uh, SF2 uh, Turbo. I, 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 don't, I don't. Somebody else does, and I'm sure they can give us a laundry list why, but meh. We've talked way too long on you, Street Fighter, <laughs> Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. You, you just... just you did good enough to get here, but Killer Instinct just walks all over you. I'm so sorry. And I hope we're not pissing too many Street Fighter 2 fans off out there, but this, this is, again, this is me and Chris we're talking about here. And I know on my end, definitely, Killer Instinct just, ah. Oh, uh, you you play that intro theme for me, and I'm already done. I'm, I'm done. I don't even need to see Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Yeah, I think that... Having them, you know, side by side, Killer Instinct wins out in the year because it was something new. Yeah. that I mean, yeah. that just alone puts it mm-hmm. above Street Fighter for me. Yep. All right. So, we only got a few games left to run through, but it's not getting any easier. <laughs> I'm trying to group them up here and just moving my mouse around, and I'm going to click, mm-hmm. and I landed on nothing. Try it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next game to talk about, and probably going to be a whole lot of Chris here, Lunar Eternal Blue. All right, so Lunar Eternal Blue for a Sega CD, not the PlayStation trash remake. Um, The sequel to my favorite game of all time, Lunar Silver Star, Um, also not the PlayStation remake, garbage, the original Sega CD version. this game, I I need to go back and revisit, you know, my mental list I've made. I have roughly placed it at third in my favorite all-time, and that's mainly because it's a sequel and it's still a solid game. Um, definitely not as good as Silver Star. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it did have its own, own good uh, elements to it. You know, the story was uh, good. Uh, I wasn't a fan of some of the mechanics, but again, that's kind of uh, going from my favorite game of all time to a different set of mechanics. I'm going to go, okay, well, why'd you change things that were really good? Right, um, right. But it's to be expected, and it didn't take a lot away from the game. Um, it's it's just a solid overall RPG, uh, especially for back then. Um Again, on the Sega CD, so you get a little bit of an improvement there. You get the uh, cutscenes, the uh, you know the, uh, the, the 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 better. Uh, I'm trying to think visually if it was any better because it was just sprite-based graphics, so it's not way better. It's just you know a little better, right? Right. Um, maybe a little crisper. I'd have to actually. I'm, I'd be curious to go back and do a comparison to see exactly what the difference was with Sega CD. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was there. I mean, the big thing, the big difference graphically was the cutscenes. you know, fully animated FMV. Uh, is it FMV if it's animated? Still is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they were really good. Um, along with the first one. Um, God, it's been so long since I played. I'm trying to think of things to talk about it. Um, I'm. I would put it above DKC, uh, mm-hmm. mainly b- 
because it's an RPG. Um, yeah. And I I played some DKC, um, and I think it's a very good game. Uh, you know, uh, but an RPG is usually going to win out over platformer for me, um, especially one that it's such a at least for me. I know there's a smaller community uh, of Lunar fans, but it's a classic. Uh, so yeah, I I would put it above DKC. Well, uh, I have never played Luna, Lunar Eternal Blue. For those curious audiences, I've only played Lunar Silver Star Story Complete twice in my life. Once was in high school. I don't know if I ever beat it. I feel like I may have, but I honestly don't remember damn near anything about that game. Mm-hmm. The better people to talk to about Lunar are both Chris and Adam. Uh, they both have told me mo- on multiple occasions multiple great things about the Lunar series. Uh, Lunar Eternal Blue, I haven't played at all, so I have nothing to say on it. So this is all. This would this would be a good point to have a third person in, but mm-hmm. a lot of this is going to fall on Chris's shoulders because I have no. I mean, I can respect it for an RPG. I can see it from a distance and and pay respect to the sprite based graphics it chose to have. Which I mean, on the system, of course, it would. Uh what I would say before I decide to just secede and let it go above DKC. Mm-hmm is would you put Lunar Eternal Blue on, say, your top 10 RPGs of all time? Uh, Do you think you would at least tender it to be that high? Yeah. Yeah, right now it's, like like I said, right now my mental list uh, is unrevised in a bit. You know, I haven't yeah. counted in the re- couple, few recent years, but yeah. I put it at number three. You know, with only the first one and Final Fantasy VII above it. Uh, for wow. Me. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, with it being that far up there, and I can totally get replay value of an RPG. I can totally get the charm, the music. I can see everything appealing about that game. I just have zero anything to add to the pile. Mm-hmm. But I feel that I'm I'm cool if it's that far up on your list. I could see I could see it going above DKC. Uh, again, would I play it? I, I, I haven't played it at all, so I can't say. <laughs> but for that important of a game, I can respect that. So that's cool. It'll be above Donkey Kong Country. So the list we have so far, at the, starting from the bottom, is Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. That's the arcade version. Killer Instinct, the arcade version. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for the Sega Genesis. Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo. And Lunar Eternal Blue for the Sega 32X. No, <laughs> for, the, for the Sega CD. Uh, it's about to get fucking real. Yeah. It's about to get real because we only have four games list uh, left on this list. And they are all fucking heavy hitters in my mm-hmm. opinion. But this list has to be done. I asked for this when I started this whole shit. So let's roll into it. Uh, yeah, sure, Chris. Uh, you may have did that by accident. But let's go ahead nope. and get Sonic and Knuckles. Let's, uh, that's that the on one purpose. we'll pick. Let's do that one, Sonic and Knuckles. So, uh, And you, and you uh, audience, may be going, now wait a minute. Don't you mean Sonic 3 and Knuckles? No, I don't. 
and this is very tricky for this game. Yeah. Because I have three separate memories with these two games. I remember <laughs> playing Sonic and Knuckles full stop. Yeah. I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog 3 full stop. And I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog 3 with Sonic and Knuckles. Now, honestly, if you sat me down right now, well, you don't have to. I'm already here sitting down. But <laughs> if I'm if I'm trying to replay in my memory, uh, specifically rolling around times that Chris and I played this, because these those are the most prominent memories I have of these two mm-hmm. games interconnected or not. If you were to say, well, what do you, what did you what did y'all play more, or what did you what did you like more? Uh, of those three i honestly can't tell you because all three of those memories are are blurs to me i remember playing sonic the hedgehog 3 and having a good time with it i remember playing sonic and uh, i mean uh, sonic and knuckles and going through those levels and playing as knuckles and having a good time and i remember picking up sonic the hedgehog 3 and running through levels as knuckles going wow this is cool mm-hmm. unfortunately Game of the Year doesn't really match up in my mind with having two games connected, even though if you think about it, it's kind of a new game. It's, 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 it is, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I will definitely tell you now that I had fun with all three of those. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. all, they're all their own respective game in some way or another. Yes. Three with Knuckles only adds, uh, well, I think, I think three, so three with Knuckles is the entirety <laughs> of three, but you can play as Knuckles. Right. Where Knuckles, Sonic and Knuckles is its own game. It has its right. own game with its own levels. So, if I had to pick between Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Sonic and Knuckles, I gotta pick, say, man. What'd you say? I said I. I was gonna say I'd pick Sonic and Knuckles. I would pick Sonic and Knuckles as well because, and this sounds so shitty, and I'll tell you, I can see, I can see Tails right now just being so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing about both of these games is that if you play Sonic the Hedgehog, you get Sonic and Tails. If you play Sonic mm-hmm. and Knuckles, you get Sonic and Knuckles. So you can roll through, literally, you can roll through Sonic and Knuckles as either Sonic or Knuckles. And between those two, call it edgy all you want to. Call it just playing the cool hand if you want to. But I would definitely play as Knuckles over playing as Tails. Of course. I I don't know, Chris, maybe if you want to do this while I blab on for just a bit. I don't know the level count as compared to Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. But I do remember both games having their own levels. I don't, I can't like the, the, so the beginning level is the one that sticks out to me. I believe Sonic and Knuckles first level is the one that had the four seasons and the seasons changed. That level sticks out to me considerably. Mm -hmm. The level that sticks out to me considerably in three was the snowboard one where he, the beginning starts with him going down a hill in a snowboard and that, and that cuts off. Not the best level in the game, just one that thematically sticks out to me. But I can't recall in my head like an actual level count. So Sonic three has 
six zones, each divided into two acts. So 12, 12. acts, roughly, levels, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find a count for Sonic and Knuckles still. And see, I don't remember if Sonic and Knuckles, I think it as well does acts. I think it does acts one and two. But it's what what I'm getting at is it's hard to remember. Like I didn't. It's hard for me to do a mental count like that because I don't. I don't recall. I don't remember going. Man, I I wish I had more levels in this game over this one. I was having fun in both of them. So uh, maybe we could if I could find like a walkthrough. Should have done my homework. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, I'm still looking. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So fourteen. Uh, an apparent, well, sort of. I guess it it balances out to fourteen. Yeah. Uh, apparently, one has three, and another one has one mm. <laughs> for whatever reason. So it still balances okay. out to fourteen. Either to way, either way, just the, the 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 big point that I'm really trying to get at with this is that Sonic and Knuckles is not necessarily don't don't mentally take Sonic and Knuckles as like an expansion as an add-on right where like right. you're gonna get 12 levels with Sonic 3 and then when the expansion Sonic and Knuckles comes out you get like three additional levels it's not like that at all Sonic and Knuckles was its own game it just so happened that the awesome kick-ass cool part about it was you could interconnect it with Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. So, that being said, even if I was to mentally take out, because I just don't care, the level count in those two games, if you just Mm -hmm. put them both in front of me, the prospect of playing as Knuckles as opposed to playing as Tails, it wins out. Yep. So, yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with putting Sonic uh, and Knuckles above Sonic 3. Now... Absolutely. Would I play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd still, I'd, I, yeah, I'd play DKC over Sonic and Knuckles. So that's fair. Actually, yeah. actually, kind of worked out. Not, not too bad at all. <laughs> no, we got, we got the two Sonic games right, right by each other. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, again, this is, this is not a top ten list. It just so happens that a top ten or top fifteen or top seven usually happens anyway, but. This is the end of time cast game of the year episode. So it's it, neither one of those games won out so far. So far, Lunar Eternal Blue is the number one game. And uh, I'm sure That's if we ended end. this episode, <laughs> it's, I'm, sure, I'm sure if we ended that right now, Chris would be like, fuck yeah. Hey, you know what? The way I looked at it is Silver Star came out on top for its year. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. You'll take that, huh? Yeah. All right, all right. <sighs> so which game do you want to put at the top? Yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? But yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this sensibly. <laughs> we'll go ahead and break this protocol up. Let's go ahead and talk about Mega Man X2. Okay. Let's get that over here. Now, for the gaming world, as I just blabbed on earlier about my love for Mega Man, I have no problem admitting that I love Mega Man X2. I will tell you that this is an ongoing personal struggle in my personal Mega Man loving life where I am still, to this day, 
trying to debate and decide which of these two I love more on this console. Mega Man X3, you're a great game, but I don't care for you in the level that I do Mega Man X and Mega Man X2. Mm-hmm. I actually have an internal fucking struggle between Mega Man X and Mega Man X2. I love both of those games almost fucking equally. Mega Man X1 always seems to irk out in the end, but I can't define why. I, I want to say that's mainly for nostalgia and, and, and the shock effect. Because, again, me being the young teenage, maybe even preteen that I was, going from Mega Man 5 or Mega Man 6 and being so woefully ignorant to the world of Super <laughs> Nintendo and the games out, this is how shut in I was. Chris, when I rented Mega Man X, I rented this again when I was visiting my grandmother for a summer. I rented that game just because it said Mega Man. I didn't have a Nintendo Power magazine to fall into. I didn't have all these screenshots of like, oh man, there's a power up and there's more armor and and there's level uh you, you beat a boss in one level and it changes another boss's level and who's Sigma and who's Zero. I saw this game. I saw Mega Man X on a shelf visiting my grandmother for a summer vacation. And said, oh, it's Mega Man. Well, of course I'll play that game. Yeah, yeah. And then got took that game back and vomited everywhere. Blah, this game's so good! And I think that shock factor, that which we mentioned several times on this podcast, that generational gap of going from a six, uh, an 8-bit console Mega Man to 16-bit, including all of the, the, the gameplay mechanics of teaching you stuff in that game, for some reason, Mega Man X holds a special place in my heart. When mm-hmm. I played Mega Man X 2, it, I didn't get the shock effect. I'll grant you that. I mean, I think that like the, uh, the, there's, there's some bosses and some mini bosses that have the, uh, the wireframe. That's about the best graphic stuff that I can see. A little bit of mode seven ish blending in the background at times, but nothing that just jumped out at me. But, the music, the bosses, the gameplay, everything. I love Mega Man X2 almost as much as Mega Man X. And I just, I can't, I can't decide. I can't decide at this game, which was the two I love. So, well, at least you don't have to, because they're not yeah. in the same year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, Mega, but strictly talk about Mega Man X2. I mean, it's, it's more of the same folks. You got eight bosses, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Mega Man X stuff you already know and love. There's some new additions, kind of, sort of. There are some mini bosses that randomly place themselves throughout various levels. They are fairly hidden and you have to find them. They're pretty difficult in comparison to bosses. I think their, their, their weaknesses are very minimum. Uh, maybe even to the degree that they're only vulnerable to certain weapons. Uh, there's more, I mean, you got more armor upgrades, more weapon upgrades. I believe in this one, the dash is already automatic. I'm pretty sure I got that right. So your next, I think this one had a air dash as the leg upgrade. So you can automatically dash as opposed to X1, you had to find the upgrade. Uh, but all your, all, all the armors had new abilities, had new looks, eight new bosses, eight new mechanics to deal with. Uh, eight new levels. I don't, to tell you the truth, I I actually cannot recall if they had uh, stage variations where, like, if you beat, say, Morph Moth does does uh, 
another boss's level change. I honestly don't remember. Does Wheel Gator's stage change? I don't remember. I don't think they do. But eh, it's I don't fine. Think so. Some uh, there were some ride armors are back in this one. Uh, yeah, I just I, something about this game, something about the charm of this game, I, I love to death and. Uh, fairly disappointing. Uh, just another side tangent. I didn't get to play X three, damn near until, until I was in my twenties. Like I, I, I wrote Nintendo asking for a poster of Mega Man X three. I wanted that. I wanted that poster so much, but I never played the game. But when I did, I was fairly disappointed. I don't. I couldn't tell you all the reasons why. I just didn't. Just didn't look or feel the same. But yeah, I love Mega Man X two. Of course I do. It's a fucking Mega Man game, but. <laughs> I do love this one. Now, it's kind of easy to work this one up the list for me. I'd yeah. play it over. I'd play it over every one of these games. I mean, this is kind of unfair, man. I would definitely play Mega Man X two over Donkey Kong Country. I definitely would. I can see mm-hmm. myself doing it. I can see it being a. I can see it being a bit of a struggle because that percentage thing always kicks me, man. I, I love I love DKC having that. Yeah, you got some more stuff to find where I know <laughs> if I went into Mega Man X2 right now, I could do that mm-hmm. game backwards. I could find out sure. I know where all the secrets are. I know all the boss's weaknesses. I know all that shit. But DKC, even after the 10 something times I've played that game and have 101 percent of that game. I'd have to go back in a few levels and and try to f- secret out some of the some of the hidden stuff. Sure. So the the reliving and refining the secrets of DKC would draw me in, but yeah, no, DK- <laughs> Mega Man X Two is gonna win over. Uh, I see you've already put it above Lunar Eternal Blue. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I didn't tell you this ahead of time. I actually worked out my list before we started. Um, oh. Since I was delayed with some other stuff, I actually, in pencil in my notebook, wrote down what I thought the order would be. Yeah. Um, based on both of our opinions. Okay. Uh, so, it's going to be interesting to, pet, to put that up side by Can you have it where you can put it side by side after we're done? Sure. Awesome. This um, is going to be good. It's going to be good. So, I, they're both sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... As far as sequels go, I don't know that either of them really added a lot. Like I said, I think, you know, Eternal Blue was a step back from Silver Star. Mm -hmm. Um, X2 is next to neck with X1. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've never played either, but I have watched speedruns of both. Mm -hmm. And I can see that, you know, neck to neck. uh, So I think that X2 maintained the integrity, you know, damn near 100% of X1. Uh, so I, I can understand it going above. I'm okay with yeah. that. I honestly don't hear a lot of love for X2. I, I, I have heard a lot of negative things about X3, and it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not parroting that. I just relate to the X3-like disdain. But I hear X praise, and I mean understandably so i always hear x1 praise to the moon and back the few times i hear about x3 it's like if eh, it's meh to i don't like it i rarely hear anything about x2 
like I feel like I have to go out of my way to even find reviews of X2, and they're usually they're usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, man, X2 has always had a lot of good. Uh, it's, it's always been charming to me, and I've always I've always liked it. Not just because it's a Mega Man game; it's just something about it. <sighs> so, I mean, <laughs> you know, Chris, you know, we have this fucking game of the year thing, and we try our best to try to to push this list out honestly okay full disclosure behind the curtains folks chris and i don't like have a pre game of the year meeting and go let's get the shit out of the way and save the the good shit for for last i mean we it we kind of mentally want to do that because we know what fight it's gonna be Mm -hmm. we know the internal battle but Honestly, I mean, aside from if you didn't listen to our game of the year, uh, our, our year in review of 1994, I can understand you being in the dark. If you don't know that these next two games came out in 94, I can understand you being in the dark. But if you listen to that episode, you know what two games we haven't talked about, and you know damn well they're going to be on this <laughs> list. And you probably pretty much know where the fuck they're going to go. So... I think, Chris, just to save the bullshit so the audience knows that we're not trying to fucking milk time out of your life. We're not trying to milk. We don't get paid for the scent for every minute you listen to us. We don't we don't get paid at all, actually. Yeah, I was about to say that. (laughs) There's two games left that deserve to be on this list. And honestly, they are both they are mammoth titans of the industry. Mm -hmm. But one is a gold standard. Uh I mean, it's easy where they go. We got Final Fantasy VI and Super Metroid. If I was picking the lesser of the two, and I'm saying lesser with full respect gloves on, Super mm-hmm. Metroid. I would play Super Metroid over any game on this list. I'm sorry, Mega Man X2. It's simple. It's it's yep. it's a it's a Metroidvania. It's one of the first Metroidvanias that that had that style that people know it for, even though Metroid 1 is really the progenitor of the Metroidverse. This this game is awesome. It has replay value upon replay value. It's it's an awesome game. We've talked about it to our blue in the face, but it's great. And I even I, given the two, would play Super Metroid over Mega Man X2. It's just hands down. There's more to do. There's more there. There's more game. There's just so much more there. And Final Fantasy VI, come on, folks. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't listened to a single episode of this podcast, I understand. We have quite a few episodes. You can go back and hear us gush about it. You can listen to uh, the 1994 Year in Review. You can listen to our top 100 RPG fiasco we did where we took two separate uh, uh, outlets that discussed a a top 100 RPGs and hear us talk about it there. We have a top RPG episode. We have a Super Nintendo episode. We have gushed a, a ridiculous amount about Final Fantasy VI. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. I mean, if this is your first episode, thanks for coming in again. But man, it's it's Final Fantasy VI, folks. This is this is tied for Chrono Trigger, arguably for possibly the best RPG ever created. I feel that as time goes on, it's going to really shake out those two. Maybe in a decade or two, of which two are going to be extremely timeless, but. I can honestly say I play I played both of those recently within the past two three years and they both hold up. They are both so good. 
Final Fantasy VI has an awesome story. Uh, number one, it's got, I mean, the graphics, 16 bit Super Nintendo graphics, sprite graphics. They tried their best to put, uh, as much of, uh, Nobuo Uematsu's artwork in this game, sprite versions as best they could. And I think they did their best for the system and the graphics they had available. Music, outstanding. So damn good. Everything fits. Everything's good. Multiple characters to pick from. All the multiple characters in your party have their own unique story. Even if some of them are kind of a wash like Umaro. I get it. He's a throwaway. I, I get it. But partner him up against uh, Edgar. Partner uh, Edgar Figaro. Partner him up against Locke. Partner him up against uh, uh, Sabine or Setzer. There's so much character development in this game. So much unique character stories to go through. The actual story of Final Fantasy VI. If you don't know this story, I, uh, you, it's, this is the end of your spoiler-free review. You need to play this game because there is a very awesome <laughs> story to this game. Spoiler warning. You've been warned. This is the, they, this game has an antagonist that literally, that, that actually destroys the fucking world. Has an antagonist that says, I'm here to fuck shit up. And the good guys go, but no, you're not going to. And he goes, haha, I did. And sits upon a fucking damn near an ivory throne, weigh, weighing judgment on the world that he's destroyed. It's just, there will never be enough good things said about this game. I'm sure that we could sit down and, and, and critique this game if we took a whole episode and we could try to find, we actually tried to do that. Uh, we did a, a spoof episode where we tried to pick our top, uh, either Super Nintendo games or RPG games, but then we had to actually nitpick them and, 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 uh, play devil's advocate. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> that was way, talk about bad ideas, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> thought sound well i say okay it sounded like a great idea for those mm-hmm. that don't know we did an episode where I, I played a trick on adam where we were gonna do i think it was top rpgs but yeah. uh so. the idea was we were gonna go from bottom to top and instead of picking what we loved about the game and just gushing about them we were forced to pick bad things about that game you know that worked out for about the first five games mm-hmm. but when we got up to chrono trigger Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 6. It was like, all right, here's why this game is bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, reaching to find anything bad about this game. So, yeah, Final Fantasy 6 out in 1994. I mean, this game is so, it's so iconic, so good. So worthy of being on any list anywhere. Uh, but I would say, I, I would, I, I, with confidence, say even outside of a game of the year list, this is an RPG of the year. Uh, this is something that needs to be played by everybody. If you are a person who has never played an RPG, uh, maybe if you, I mean, there, there are maybe some new, newer school RPGs that could throw your way. But if you say, you know, you know, I hear that the sprite bit error of RPGs is the best. Where can I start? I could equally throw you Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger and say, here you go. And you are playing a masterpiece. You are playing a seminal part of gaming history. I kind of hate to keep blowing it up this way because I know I have a bad habit of doing that. I don't want to be the guy that just blows a game out of the water and you play it and you go, it's graphics suck. I want fucking Fortnite. But 
I get it. Jesus. Uh, you just you just need to know that whether you like it or not, this game is for all intents and purposes what especially on this episode of this podcast, what me, Adam, and me and Chris count as just top RPG. Just period. So our list for the end of time cast game of the year nineteen ninety four is from the bottom up Super Street Fighter Two Turbo for the arcade. Killer Instinct for the arcade, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for the Sega Genesis, Sonic and Knuckles for the Sega Genesis, Donkey Kong Country, Super Nintendo, Lunar Eternal Blue for the Sega CD, Mega Man X2 for the Super Nintendo, Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo, and Final Fantasy 6, which what typical known as Final Fantasy 3 for the Super Nintendo. Uh, I do see now that we have uh, Chris's prediction list and yep. uh, our list side by side, and wow... Not bad. The only difference is that you thought that Donkey Kong Country would be below Sonic and Knuckles. Wow. Yeah. That's and I that's, I actually figured that one might go either way, but that was the way I would put it. But uh, yeah. you convinced me otherwise, and I was okay with yeah. it. Yeah. This was uh. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see the rest of the years go on from here forward. Because here, I mean, folks, you got You got to realistically pull pull the game of the year, which is Final Fantasy VI. Pull that out of the equation, and just look at this top ten list. You have Final Fantasy VI, Super Metroid, Donkey Kong Country, Sonic the Hedgehog three, Killer. And you have these are mammoth games. Mm-hmm. These are like turn people's heads like look at these games these are awesome this is a this i've been waiting for some of these big banner years of this is the the banner year mentality is why i even started this whole game of the year and this right here hands down is a banner fucking year in video game history and i think it's something that uh you know people should think about if you look at uh you know the game of the year video game of the year type uh ceremonies and organizations that do those they usually have you know a you know four and then vote for them all four of those are going to be damn good games and that's the way these are you know this may be nine games we're putting side by side but they're all must plays there are going to be exceptions if you're not rpg person you may not want to play rpgs if you're not a fighting game person you may not want to play fighting games but if you care at all about those genres you're going to want to play those games at least some just experience from back then. Yeah, like I've heard people that say that they, of all the games they play, they just don't care for platforms. And I will say, well, here you go. Play DKCS. Oh, that's 16-bit era. That's two decades ago. Go try it out. Go play mm-hmm. it because it's a damn good game. If you don't like RPGs, try Lunar. If you don't like arcade fighting games, go try Killer Instinct in any way you can. All... I mean, I've granted there are obvious genres we don't have in here. We don't have an RTS. We don't have a sport game. We don't have a flight simulator. I get that there are some we don't have, but what we do have here, it's so, such good shit this year. Mm-hmm. Such a great list of games this year. And it, what the funny thing is, Chris, is <laughs> between Final Fantasy VI, the end of time cast game of the year of 1994, and Super Metroid, that was honestly a no fight. Like I, I didn't need to fight that. I love Super Metroid. It is right. I mean it. It it has Metroid Prime by the throat 
when Metroid Prime is on my wall of my <laughs> top 15 video games of all time. That's how tight that game is. And my fight was, I don't know, Chris, what's better, Killer Instinct or Sonic the Hedgehog 3? <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with me? That's what my fight was. That's what my struggle was. <laughs> hey, you know what? There could be worse. There could be worse. I could be sitting in yeah. front of millions of people going, I don't know. Here's what's wrong with Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Here's why Chrono Trigger's a bad, bad game. God. Oh, man. All right, folks. That's going to do it for this episode tonight. Uh, I, I'm going to guess. I'm going to assume that the majority of people out there agree with our game of the year for 1994, which is Final Fantasy VI. But hey, maybe you don't. Maybe either one, there's a game in this in this 10-ish, uh, 9-ish games that you feel, fuck that, knocks six right out of the water. There may be a game that came out this year that we didn't even talk about, whether this episode or on the review that, no, 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 you guys are missing something. That's fine. We're cool with opinions. We don't, we're not going to hate you for, for loving something. But as far as discussion, I would love to know if you think that Lunar Eternal Blue is a better game than Final Fantasy VI. Let me know. Let us know. Tell us why. If you think that Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Sonic and Knuckles together would blow Final Fantasy VI out of the water, that's cool. We don't, we're not mad at you. We're not going to punch you in the face. What we want to know is why. If you think Earthworm Jim is better than Final Fantasy VI, I'm sorry to laugh, but you got to give me reasons why. There's strong cases to be made for anything, and we're willing to take all of them. At the end of the day, all we're looking for is discussion. Uh, what do you think of the list that we have here? Do you agree with the games that we put up for, for contenders? What games do you think deserve to be on there that we didn't talk about? Uh, any, anything about this episode that we discussed? Any of the games we were playing this week? Uh, anything at all you want to discuss we'd love to hear feedback conversation uh anything you want to put us there's many ways you can get a hold of us you can go to facebook and search for end of time cast that should take you right to our soundcloud page it may be how you found this episode right here we have an email at end of at gmail.com that's end of timecast at gmail.com no funny numbers in there just spell it as you heard it we have a twitter page you can you can twit us we're still waiting to be twiddled somebody will i promise uh, any way you want to get a hold of us, any information you want to put our way, we'd love to hear feedback from our audience. Discussion, I'm telling you guys and gals, and I, I, I'm going to speak for Chris on this as well. Discussion is great. It's, it's one of the prime reasons why I even made this podcast is the thinking that somebody out there in the world is like, you know what? I really want to talk to that guy about Sonic and Knuckles. I'm going to remind him of some stuff he forgot about. Or, you know, here's, I think Mega Man X2 fumbled a lot. And here's why I think that I, I, I'd love to hear any conversation on anything gaming or, or comic or anime, nerd culture, whatever related. It's always good to have feedback from our audience. So thanks for checking us out. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>